Hello! It is Overreaction Monday, September 13th, 2021, years after zero. It's a glorious day to be alive. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. If by the end of this thing you like us, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. And we want to let you know that as you watch the show today or listen to the show today, know that some things might be taken out of context later in the week, maybe even just tomorrow, because today is a day that all football fans are supposed to completely overreact about everything that happened to your favorite team just yesterday. Is your team leading the AFC South? Are you the Houston Texans? Is your team leading the AFC East? Are you the Miami Dolphins? Is your team losing the NFC North while also being tied for first place in the NFC North? I'm talking about all four teams fucking (laughs) losing yesterday. So much happened and there's still so much of a season to be had and teams are going to transform and mold from what they are today to what they'll be tomorrow to what they'll be five weeks from now. But we got to address everything we watched yesterday in the beautiful National Football League and also talk about some shit that happened in college football. We have a massive, massive show with uh, Darius Butler joining us in about 30 minutes. Nine-year NFL vet host of Man to Man Pod and everything DB. Great friend of the show. He'll be joining us every overreaction Monday for the rest of the season. Cannot wait to chat with him. Him and Dan Orlovsky are already in a little bit of a Oh, yeah. yeah. Already in a little bit of a scrap because Dan Orlovsky, Dan Orlovsky, friend of ours, friend of everybody's, the quarterback guru on ESPN. He and Darius Butler are teammates in college. Mm-hmm. So they've known each other a long, long time. Dan Orlovsky's obviously doing a lot to put over a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, Darius Butler said, hey, that was just terrible coverage, Dan. Fucking <laughs> get over it, pal. All right, you had a win there. Do your thing. Can't wait to chat with him. Also, Clyde Christensen, quarterback coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, good friend of ours, will join us in the second hour. Mm-hmm. We'll ask them about their Thursday night win. And also, he's been coaching the NFL a long time. What are the thoughts going into week two? What can you take from week one, especially if you're Tampa Bay and made a bunch of mistakes early and kind of shot themselves in the foot with turnovers and things like that? Minus three turnover margins, still got to win. Not going to see that the rest of the weekend. Probably not going to see that the rest of the year, by the way. But not just for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but for every team. What is the message going forward? Does week one even matter? It can, I guess, if you let it roll into week two, week three, week four, like the fucking Indianapolis Colts. I thought we had a great offensive line. Carson Wentz defended for his life. He was, he was wishing that the rugby guy was blocking for him yet again after all the hits. He got hit 15 times. <laughs> They sacked four times, Carson Wentz, in his Indianapolis Colts debut. I got a chance to hit the anvil, okay? I was 3-0 going into games where I hit the anvil for the Indianapolis Colts, gave a little promo, talked a little shit about Russell Wilson. Had to, though. Uh-huh. If I didn't do that, who the fuck am I? Uh-huh. Not me. Uh, hit the anvil, we're 3-0. We end up losing, making us 0-9 uh, nine, oh nine in our openers, I guess, since like 2013. Oh, There's a lot to talk about today, and I want to run around the room real quick to see how everybody's doing with their specific teams. At Tone Diggs, the COVID Cowboy, Pittsburgh Steelers go into Buffalo and get a <laughs> massive win. Your thoughts on where the Pittsburgh Steelers are right now on this overreaction the Monday? The Steel Curtain is alive and well, potentially the greatest defense of all time. TJ Watt, Cam Hayward. Melvin Ingram, the blue collar boys were buzzing. This season is for the steel workers. It's going to be a great year. Okay, I believe that what you said there is 100% accurate. Cam Hayward got 10 quarterback mm-hmm. pressures in the middle of the <laughs> defensive Damn. line. TJ Watt, two sacks, one strip sack, and then obviously Melvin Ingram joining the team. Yeah. I didn't even, I forgot he was there. He's an absolute stud. That entire D line is oh, yeah. a game record. They didn't even have to blitz, by the way. They just ran a bunch of stunts with their studs up front. Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be fun to watch. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, Ooh. I think you do have to be worried. 
There was some hesitancy coming from Josh Allen. Josh Allen against the Green Bay Packers in preseason looked exactly yeah. like he looked all last season. Yeah. Letting it fly, letting it loose, ball going into tight windows, doing whatever. Against the Steelers, and maybe it's because of the stun up front, maybe he wasn't as comfortable as everybody thought he was, or maybe he was, or thought he should be, and also maybe he wasn't as comfortable as he was last year. Felt like he was floating some mm-hmm. balls in there, trying to guide balls more so than just letting it rip. Maybe it's because it was windy, maybe because the Steelers' defense was causing absolute hell. We have to watch that going forward. And if you're a member of the Bills Mafia, I know you showed up and showed out. That place was electrifying. Oh, yeah. I didn't see any build dose. Saw no, no. build dose. Uh-huh. Congratulations, Bills. Good work, Bills. Thank you for not throwing COVID-filled build dose on the field and keeping the players safe out there. I'm excited to see what the Buffalo Bills are next week and going forward, and also the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin just wins games, baby. That's all he does, mm-hmm. and that team seems to be loaded. Let's go to the AFC East, shall we? At Bubba Gumpino, our resident Dolphins fan. Gumpy, another winner in the office. Your thoughts on the Dolphins, and is this... Is this withstandable? Are the Dolphins going to go? This is the number one authority on national Dolphin shows. Is this is this team going to go, you think, Gump? The Miami Dolphins will find a way to win football games under Brian Flores. Tua, 2-0 against the Patriots now. Jalen Waddle flying around out there. Will Fuller's back this week. It feels good at the top of the AFC East, Pat. I did see Kyle Van Noy got a sack, and Mm -hmm. uh, that was probably a massive moment for him, especially getting out of there. But I enjoyed watching that Dolphins team. Young, flying around, Tua made a couple great balls. Had a pick, but it was almost a pick that you like to see him do because last year he wouldn't throw the goddamn ball. This year he just got a little reckless there. He'll learn from it. B-flow is awesome. Good for the Dolphins going into Foxborough and getting a big dub. I know Dolphins Nation there on the internet was a buzzing. They were like... Wow. Oh, they yeah. were happy. And before we get to the team that they beat, we need to take a trip around Loserville. Now for everybody else, at Evan Foxy, how'd the Lions do, pal? We covered, Pat. Oh. <laughs> we covered, Pat. Yeah, you did. You did cover somehow. Fucked me. Okay, I had alternate spread minus uh, 13 and a half. Yeah. I had alternate spread minus 19 and a half. <laughs> And by the way, there was numerous times in the game where both of those were very, very, very comfortable. You could have got the Lions, I think, in the third quarter, minus 21 and a half, and then it also got all the way up to minus, or or plus 21 and a half. Then it almost got, I think it got all the way up to plus 23 and a half at some point. And then all of a sudden, MCDC and the boys clicked. They said, oh, this is what we've been gnawing all those kneecaps for. Mm -hmm. This is why we've been feeding all those Lions in the offseason. This is why we've been running like a pride. This is why we've been fist fighting our coaches, is because when the other team gets Tired. We don't get tired. Nope. We just keep going. We take advantage of maybe this prevent defense. Okay, maybe we start stacking some yards and we make it uncomfortable at the end. And it got very uncomfortable for a lot of people, except for the people in Detroit who said, We got a guy who's going to get our guys to fight till the end. We're only going to lose by eight. Yep. But we ain't going to lose by 24. (laughs) No, we ain't. No. I think it was a good start. I think it was a good show. And Jared Goff looked a lot better than I thought he was going to look, by the way. I forgot that he can complete passives and make some plays, but it's going to be a long road over there. The Niners have to answer some questions on why they couldn't finish that thing off late. Mm -hmm. But I assume they did take the gas pedal off because they were drumming the fucking line. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, At Viva Lazito, Chicago Bears fan, Uh, you got a chance to see it last night. I'm sure Fields Mania is going to get very quiet after last night's game and probably going forward. Your thoughts on the Bears' loss to the Rams? Well, Justin Fields had a flawless game. Uh, it was a rough game for the Bears, but let's be honest, we we played way better than the Packers. Okay. Oh. Whoa. 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 
in the NFC North, in the NFC North with no wins for anybody, is the only way you can rank it is style points. Yeah, in the Vikings, I mean, they were down twenty-one at one point. Okay, the Lions were down twenty-four at one point. I mean, the the Packers were down thirty-five. Maybe the Chicago Bears did have the best style points. Chicago Bears outright number one in NFC. Way to go, Bears. Way to go. Uh, let's get to it. At Ty Schmidt, the NFC North is winless. Mm-hmm. Um, the Green Bay Packers look terrible. Yeah. Our guy, Aaron, threw a pass for an interception Ooh. that was maybe the most hilarious pass I've ever seen in the NFL. You could actually hear, as he was standing in his end zone, literally one foot on the goal line, third and whatever, down 14. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck you it. actually heard it. You heard it and you saw him say, ah, oh, fuck it. Flick of the wrist, 60-yard interception in a double coverage, opposite way of where MVS was going. I mean, it just felt like it was a terrible day to be a Packer fan. And by the way, as a very new Packer fan, just one year into this thing, I did get a chance to experience last year, and I had a lot of questions this offseason about what our team was doing. Yesterday was one of those days where I was like, God damn, this is not good at all. Once that snowball started rolling, that son of a bitch got big. It was once a, a little tiny little snowman at the bottom, then it became frosty bouncing yeah. around. Then that snowball just continued to roll. It got worse and worse as they go on, so much so they bench Aaron, bring in Jordan Love, and there's an entire conversation now about what the fuck's going on in Green Bay. Ty Schmidt, one of the owners of the Green Bay Packers. Your thoughts? I mean, it was just a steaming pile of shit oh. all around. Oh. Raj played like shit. Oh. He, you know, he alluded to it in his press conference, which is is nice. I mean, he's not he's not a god. He, you know, he's he, he might play like shit every once in a while. The offensive line looked like shit. The defense looked like shit. Uh, punter looked pretty good. Actually. Hey, but Horn has had a couple misses, not had bad. a couple good balls as well. But I, I mean, like you said, everyone else in the division lost. Not worry about season starts next week. Now, if they come out and lay an egg against the Lions, then we may have some serious cause for concern. Uh, the offense is going to be fine. It was the highest scoring offense in the NFL last year. The defense, on the other hand, I, uh, what's the guy's name? Joe Barry. A lot of people learned about Joe Barry this <laughs> yeah. week. And this morning, a lot of people learned about Joe Barry. That defense last year, uh, if you look at stats, I guess top 10 defense. That's what Stephen A. Smith was saying this right. morning. But watching the game, there was a lot of decisions that were made by defense. Obviously, there, hey, something has to change here. So they get rid of Petten, by the way, mm-hmm. bring in a new D coordinator. Where's this guy from? Uh, I believe he was with the Rams last year, former D coordinator of the 0-16 Lions and uh, the Washington <laughs> football team when they fucking stunk. So... Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, they wanted they wanted to get Jim Leonard, who, you know, went to Wisconsin, is the D coordinator at Wisconsin, said, no, I, I'm going to stay here. So I don't know what that says. Uh, but, I mean, shit, not, not looking good. It basically... That slow realization that it's like, oh, this is the same, this is the same defense as last year with a different guy, and if he can't get it done, we're in trouble. Okay, so I want to let everybody know that I did text Aaron Rodgers. I said, hey, pal, you don't want to come speak to a bunch of stooges on Tuesday. We understand. And he said, get the fuck out of here. Okay, <laughs> so we will chat with him tomorrow. Cannot yes. wait to chat with mm-hmm. him. I assume he is going to have an incredible world view on this entire thing about how, hey, 17-game season this year, longer than it's ever been before. There's been a lot of things that have happened to teams in the past. 38-3 was exactly the score that the Saints beat who? Bucks. Yeah. Last year. Week mm-hmm. nine, yep. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that's a little bit further into the road there. Now, <laughs> right. That's a brand new team. But the Bucks lost 38-3 to the Saints. They go and win the Super Bowl. And although this is week one, we still have to overreact. The Packers might be dropped down to fucking double-A football. It's after. possible. Oh, it's possible. No. Oh, it's possible. no. Oh, man. Not with double-A raw, though. No way. Right. They'll be back. Can't wait to hear what he has to say tomorrow. We appreciate the <laughs> hell out of him. And let's continue in Loserville. All right. Let's take a left turn down Foxborough. Uh-huh. Uh, the New England Patriots. Mac Jones' first game uh, as New England Patriot. First game of the Mac Jones who era playing against the division rival Dolphins mm. at home. I think a lot of New England fans just expected to win. You guys get the loss. What happened over there? Well, you can't lose a turnover differential and win the game, Pat. Well, I think we all know that. You can't be fumbling the ball inside the 10-yard line. Mac Jones, the highest completion percentage in the history of the NFL for a rookie wow. in his first game. Wow, good work, Matt. He's unbelievable, but uh, defense didn't look great. Offense was so-so. He can't score 16 points and win many games either, Pat. So, uh, you know, we started out last year 1-0, and ended up 7-9. and Starting out this season 0-1. Let's see if that uh, flips. Oh, you guys going to win Super Bowl? I still, I still have Super Bowl hopes, absolutely. Gilly locked back week 7. Need him big time. Um, the fumble at the 10 oh. going in. Down two. Four minutes left. Down one. Down one, I'm sorry. Could have went up two. By the way, you yeah. just kick a field goal right there. Yeah. You could run that out. I think it was first down or whatever. The the thought that the New England Patriots do something like that, mm. is that not alarming, though? Because this is just yeah. like Hoyer last year. Before the half, no timeouts, taking a sack right in field goal range. It's like there's a lot of things happening from the Patriots organization that doesn't normally happen. After the game, J.C. Jackson, he just got ahead and talked shit on Tua. He's like, yeah, that's what Tua does, man. He just throws me the fucking ball, basically. You guys lost. What's going on in New England? Have you guys lost what made New England New England? Or is this going to be, hey, it's week one. We're going to get better at all this. Yeah, this is week one. We're going to get better. Eight penalties for 84 yards was almost more alarming for me than the turnovers because usually that is something that we never do. I think we led the league last year. In the All these things that lead to, are you scared to death no. of what's going on up there in Foxborough? Not Uh-oh. even a little. If anything, I am very pumped that we found our guy, Mac Jones, clearly is the best quarterback for our system that we could have gotten. Can't believe he dropped to 15 still. Very confident in everything. First time these guys are playing. Remember, we brought in like nine, ten guys. This is the first time they've actually played together. Plenty of time in the season. And we got the Jets next week. And by so the way, the Dol- Dolphins beat you, by the way. Those yeah. turnovers don't just happen That's because right. the Patriots. They happen because Dolphins are flying around. That's X, baby. That's what X does for you. That's why you pay the man. Yeah, you're damn right. You give them money. You let them fly around out there and get right. turnovers mm-hmm. or whatever. Use, I mean, clearly in field goal range. What are we doing? Yeah, by a lot. And by the, maybe this is something, too, that Mac Jones going forward will, uh, in the huddle, say, hey, listen. Ain't nobody fumbling the fucking ball right uh-huh. now. Not that he has to. It's the New England Patriots, you think. But there's some things happening up there that I think you should, you know, maybe cause for a little bit of concern. But not as much is happening over here in Indianapolis. This Seattle Seahawks team, okay, mm-hmm. only time we talk about them, and this is our fault, okay? And we, I accept the shins being battered by the Seahawks fans because... To be honest, Seahawks always good over there in the yeah, NFC. Yeah, that's true. Always mm-hmm. good, you know, always good. Had their run with the Legion of Boom. Sure. You know, they, they really had their thing there whenever they were going on. Now it's Russell Wilson's team, brand new squad, and we don't ever talk about him. You know why? Because I think the drama normally is the only conversation, mm-hmm. and the only time to talk about him is in the offseason because during the regular season, we're losing our mind of a lot of the things. The NFC West is going to be tough to get out of. I mean, there's all that type of shit. Seattle Seahawks beat the dog shit out of the Indianapolis Colts. Damn. Now, Frank Reich made some decisions in Indianapolis. 
Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich, former quarterback. Also, uh, the guy who had the largest comeback in NFL history and college football history is a backup quarterback, I believe. Yeah. So you're talking about a guy who loves going for it. He is a no-risk-it-no-biscuit type quarterback. And uh, he has proven to be the exact same as a head coach. He goes for it in situations. Down 11, infield goal range, fourth and one. Could make this a one-score game. Now we're going to go for it. Carson Wentz fumbles the quarterback center exchange. That ball's down, boom. Turnover on downs. Mm. They go down. Then we get the ball back, by the way. Same exact situation. Infield goal range, fourth and something. Now we're going for it again. We don't get it. There's six points left on the board where I got them at plus eight and a half somehow and live bet. We would have still covered if you put those two things on there. But there's a lot that needs to be fixed in Indianapolis. Ty Lockett was running around all by himself out there. Yeah, jeez. Russell Wilson was throwing deep balls like Russell was. That son of a bitch might have touched the roof of uh-huh. Lucas Oil Stadium and came down wide open. The D-line, Dunlap and the boys there, they were feasting on a great offensive line. And then all, Jamal Adams flies around and makes play. I, I'm worried about the, the Indianapolis Colts. Legit. I don't know if we just turn this thing back on. There was a couple people that tweeted me and said, hey, Pat, what I think you have to realize in all of us other Colts have to realize is that Carson Wentz is the man we know, not the man we knew. Ooh. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. It is too fucking early for you to say that. But I'll say that Carson Wentz deserves none of the hate that he's going to potentially get for his performance this past weekend and the Colts not winning. He was getting his ass beat. And I'm very thankful that he's a nine-foot-tall, thick son of a bitch because he could be out again. Let's hopefully... Yeah, let's hope that the Colts' line, offensive line will come back together. They're going to have to figure it out there at left tackle. Davenport, I don't know how the hell that's – I mean, who knows how that's going to go Good moving God. forward. We only got the Rams next week. Oh, that's oh, it? Should be, be okay. Oh, Aaron Donald's down there. Should be yeah. fine. Hunter Floyd. That's okay. Jalen. We'll figure it out. Jalen Ramsey. Oh, man. Last night. Love what they're doing with him. He's everywhere. Yeah. He is fucking everywhere. He's like Palomalu almost yeah. at this point. He, I mean, he was everywhere, and I love – Oh, speaking of Jalen Ramsey, I loved how the refs called the taunting. Like, I appreciate how the refs called the taunting. The one call with Jensen on Thursday night yeah. that they called, it ended up being offset and penalties. Let's yep. just fucking move mm-hmm. along. Nothing happened here. Ramsey clearly had what they were calling a taunting call, like how they yeah. described it. He went onto the bench, onto his own <laughs> sideline, walked a guy down, and was saying things. McVeigh comes sprinting over. <laughs> McVeigh grabs him and says, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I think the ref even came over and said, hey, I'm supposed to fucking call this right now. And then Ramsey like, turned real quick and was like going the other way. I like that the refs... You know, kind of like, hey, understood that there's a little bit of a gamesmanship in there. But Jalen Ramsey, if he's going to play football like that all season, and Matthew Stafford's going to be able to do exactly what we thought. Now, everybody's banging the drum that they run the Matthew Stafford yeah, train earlier, yeah. which is interesting and fascinating. I'm assuming everybody was. Yeah, okay, sounds good. But the Matthew Stafford L.A. Rams offense is going to be electrifying. We expected it to be. We thought it was going to be. And that's strictly because if you hadn't watched a Detroit Lions game, all you did was look at the Lions stats for so long in their record and say, oh, that team fucking stinks. And normally in the NFL, when a team stinks, you point right at the quarterback because the quarterback has somehow claimed ownership over a win-loss stat, even though it's an entire team sport. That's just the way we live. So Matthew Stafford, I don't think, ever got the respect that he deserved in Detroit, strictly because Detroit Lions fucking stunk when he was there. Now, people won't talk about the potential curse of Calvin Johnson being forced to give his money back and Barry Sanders being forced to give his money back. Maybe they need to take some sage into the training room like AFC Richmond and yeah. fucking turn that whole yeah. thing around. But Matthew Stafford, if you watch the Lions, never once did you say, uh, this is that guy's fault. This guy is losing. They're they're losing because of this guy right here. I got a chance to see it live. He was, um, now they did lose. 
It uh-huh. was. <laughs> Andrew Luck had a last-second drive to win that whole thing. Yeah. Actually, did a little Matthew Stafford to Matthew Stafford. <laughs> it was an awesome thing. But if you ever watched the Lions, you clearly thought to yourself, oh, this guy's unbelievable. But nobody watched the Lions except for Thanksgiving Day. Nobody saw the Lions because the Lions stink. Nobody would go out of their way and say, hey, I only have one TV or two TVs. I'm going to use my red zone or my tick- Sunday ticket or my Sunday ticket, and I'm going to use one of these TVs for a fucking Lions game. Nobody Nobody ever said that. (laughs) Ever. So nobody got to see Matthew Stafford. Then, obviously, the Bleacher Report comedians come out and say, oh, you know, old Pat Stafford, that's all this guy cares about and everything like that. If you watch Lions games, like I was forced to do because we have Foxy in here, it was very evident. Like, oh, this son of a bitch's career is maybe getting wasted up here. And then whenever it came out this weekend that he was maybe going to be an Indianapolis Colt, Mm -hmm. then he was potentially going to be a Carolina Panther. Like, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, although Sam Darnold got a big win over the Jets and Christian McCann, Caffrey's a fucking animal. Yeah. Hey, he's going to take it easy, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look out. Hey, he picks up 40 yards and then is seeking contact. <laughs> I think Matt Rule needs to tell Christian McCaffrey, hey, man, listen, you are one of the most explosive, electrifying, exciting football players that this league has right now. But what you need to do after you pick up 25-30, just fucking slide like a quarterback mm-hmm. or go out of bounds. And Christian McCaffrey's going to say, I'm a running back. I don't do that. And Matt Rule's going to go, listen, I'm old school. I don't like when people do that. But we need you. He takes some massive mm-hmm. shots. Huge. Yeah. And it's after Matt, he is so good at the football, so good at the football, and he is reckless and careless out there. I, I mean, and by reckless and careless, I mean this in a good way. It's yeah, why right. he's so good. He hits a hole going 200 miles an hour. I mean, he is gone out there. But I watch and I think to myself, Carolina Panthers got to be thinking to themselves, hey, I hope that this guy survives this season. He is so fucking good at mm-hmm. football. And by the way, Teddy Bridgewater with Carolina last year, if he is Christian McCaffrey, probably still, still in Carolina. Instead, yeah. now he's in Denver doing Teddy Bridgewater stuff, getting wins. Shout out to the Denver yeah. Broncos, by the way. Von Miller ate a little bit. I mean, it's nice to see them get a win. Nice to see Teddy Bridgewater do well. But allegedly, the Carolina Panthers were in on Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And so the Rams made this last-minute jump for him. And just the thought of Sean McVay's offense with who they – Deshaun Jackson ate last yeah, night. Yeah, he's playing. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, Cooper Cup's all the way back. That Jeez. squad with that defense, I think you, they zoomed in on Jalen Ramsey after a touchdown bomb, uh, that touchdown bomb from Matthew Stafford, and he was yelling very loud. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I almost wanted to grab the video and say, uh, what he was thinking here in his head is, we got a fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. That is what that entire team is thinking. We got a fucking guy. Not that Goff wasn't, okay? Goff, Goff is a guy. But whatever Stafford... Stafford plays. I mean, he is just fucking, and he swag, he yeah. runs, he's oh, a competitor. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, that is going to be so much fun to watch, and they got to play a fucking Indianapolis Colts this week. Watch out. Hey, out. Ma- hey, McVay, maybe put Stafford down on the bench so we don't fuck him up too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe that's something you need to do. Uh, it was pretty awesome, though, that Goff had a nice tribute to Stafford yesterday by throwing for 350, three touchdowns, and a pick six in Stafford fashion. In that the fourth awesome. quarter. Yeah. yeah. In the fourth that quarter. That was pretty awesome. Thank you, Goff. Hey, Goff, thank you, Goff. <laughs> thank you, Goff, for paying tribute to nine. Goff had, what, 49 or 50 attempts? Yeah. Over 50. Like 57 yeah. or something. Yeah. MCDC, I thought we were going to run the ball, man. That's not how we want to play football. <laughs> how come we didn't give Swift a rock? Uh, he had a he, lot. He had a score. They just got down yeah. so fast early. The offensive line actually looked really good, and Sewell looked great at left tackle, who had to switch over yeah. because Decker's hot. He's hot. Yeah. Well, maybe we bring in Penny Sewell and say, hey, we got a left tackle spot for you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because <laughs> you need it. Speaking of left tackles, the most popular one in the NFL 
He's, he's not podcasting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Geez. That's what people are going to say to him. Big yeah. time. Because he has such an electrifying personality and talks to his friends in the microphones, that is what people are going to say to him. And I love that Taylor Lewan owned up and was like, hey, listen, Chandler Jones is really fucking good at football. Yeah. <laughs> Five sacks for Chandler Jones. Yeah. This comes after like a potential contract dispute with the Cardinals. And at one point after his fifth sack, okay, two of them being strip sacks, I believe, so two yep. turnovers. After the fifth one, he did the money dance. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think I think what he said was, give me <laughs> my fucking Money. I believe. I, I think I saw that exactly. He said that he changed that game completely. Yeah. And Taylor Lewan is one of the league's best left tackles. He's coming off of an injury. I assume he knew that squaring off against Chandler Jones in the first game, a man who has twenty some sacks, I think, in the last couple of years. Like oh, yeah. year, I think, like yearly, he has. Go ahead. What is his uh, sack total? So he's hurt last year. Then he had nineteen the year before that, thirteen, and then seventeen the year before that. So he's good. He's, he's guys yeah. good player. Good ball good. player. Yeah, he can play. He, he is on pace right now uh-huh. to do eighty-five. Yeah, eighty-five, 85 <laughs> sacks this season. Yeah. So if he does that, I think it's going to be tough for Arizona to say, "Hey, listen." We ain't gonna pay you. You know what I mean? I think that 85 is difficult. will be a record too. Uh, JJ Watt was, uh, yeah, it would be a record. Yeah, and so. seven, it would be asterisk uh, seventeen game season. season. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there's a chance he breaks it by week five if he gets five. Nah, sacks. they won't say they won't they won't say that in the overall history books over there at Hall of Fame. You know they have those little uh, yeah. the, the, the Rolodexes, the, the uh, USB jump drive. There yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah. the jump drives. Uh-huh. For the people saying that about Taylor Lewan, though, it's like, hey, dude, tore his ACL last year, and also let's see what happens with Chandler Jones next week when he eviscerates the next left tackle they're playing because he's absurdly good and now has J.J. Watt with him. Okay, so, boys, I would like to say that my FanDuel count has reached zero. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, it's tough. Basically, every bet I made yesterday, and we said, hey, we don't really know what we're doing until about week four or five. That's right. We don't know what any of these teams are. Just because how they performed last year doesn't mean that's going to be how they perform this year. What you did yesterday literally doesn't matter. You have to do it again today. And who knows how one new player might affect an entire team. Like, for instance, I thought Julio Jones was really going to be a spark that would ignite that entire Tennessee Titans team. But Chandler Jones with his five sacks, that Arizona Cardinals team, absolutely unbelievable. Where is going to be able to continue to do this? I think there's a chance they will. Cliff Kingsbury was even a little bit fire around. He was. He was even a little fiery on the sideline. He's big laissez-faire guy. Normally super chill and, and relaxed and coolest guy in the room. He was fired up on the sideline about some timeout, some challenge, something he did. He was motherfucking a ref and I, I assume there's some people out there that don't like not me I fucking love it mm-hmm. when I see a coach chewing out a ref refs don't love it obviously the NFL doesn't love it but that makes me say okay this coach cares like I think this coach B-Flow got me fired up last year whenever he was chasing refs off the field yeah hey I want to let you motherfuckers know you fucked us today yeah. hey when you look in the mirror tonight I want you to think oh I'm the ref that screwed over Brian Flores and the fucking Miami Dolphins <laughs> that's basically what he was saying like I love whenever that happens Cliff Kingsbury if Kyler Murray's going to continue to be a Madden game mm-hmm. which he was at times last year so much so that I bet on him basically every single game last year and it broke my heart and my account yeah. numerous times I want to let everybody know I am back hard on the stance that we will be until further notice, we will be shillelaying, hammering, <laughs> yeah. shellacking the Arizona Cardinals because if they can... Oh, no. Uh-oh. Is that Aaron? Yeah, it, yeah was. it was. This is not a sign no. of how we feel or no. how Aaron's going to play next week, not by the way. Not at all. That's just a shillelagh's first time getting swung. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a heavy shillelagh. It brings a hammer. Yeah. The shillelagh. 
Anyways, we're shillelaying and shellacking the shit out of the Arizona Cardinals until further notice. If they're going to, James Conner was throwing dudes. Yeah. Okay. Beast. Rondell Moore getting yep. loose out mm-hmm. there. Kyler Murray's playing like a video game. Chandler Jones getting five sacks. J.J. Watt was causing pressures and getting yeah. moves yeah. as well. I mean, that Buda Baker Isaiah cooking Simmons back there. Guy, Isaiah, yes. Hey, yeah. he scooped a ball, looked like an athlete. I mean, they, hey, this might be the year where, although we lost a lot of money on them last year, and although, I mean, we're talking five, six figures were gone of because of the Arizona Cardinals last year, because of these moments of greatness. Last year, Kyler Murray hit that little stutter step oh, on, yeah. a, on a professional athlete, like maybe week one or week two. And I was like, well, I'm going to bet on that human yeah. every single time. And I did. And we lost a lot of close games. We talked to Kyler in the offseason. And Kyler said, hey, listen, we just got to focus on being consistent every single day going to work. I, I think it sounded like he was maturing and growing through that entire thing. If that team can play, especially with J.J. Watt over there. Oh, yeah. Hopkins, unbelievable. Oh, oh yeah. Fucking, he's going up. Oh, yeah. yeah. He is going up. Ridiculous. A.J. Green looked pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. He had a couple catches. Kirk. We touchdowns. will bet on the Cardinals until further notice, but they are in yes. the NFC West. In okay. that NFC West, 4-0, everybody's going to be good over here. If you like them, they are still plus 500 to win that division. Pretty good odds there. Kyler Murray is plus 1,600 to win Offensive Player of the Year. Chandler Jones is plus eight fifty to win Defense Player of the Year. I said this. Um, I said this last night to myself as I looked at the zero in my account <laughs> and only my my active bets. Sure, because they're all future bets. Oh yeah. yeah. I got Matthew Stafford for MVP uh-huh. very early with great odds. I was staring down that one. I'm like. We'll leave this one in there. Need yeah. you. Leave <laughs> yeah. this one Need in there. You. Uh-huh. There's a couple other that I thought, you know, could cash out. Yeah. Like, hey, maybe I could just take like a $5 loss, $10 loss on this just so I can get back in the game. Even though I think my account was staring at me saying, hey, take the night off. Yeah. Wait till I went, football. Let's do a little sleepy time here, pal. Let's come <laughs> yeah. back into this thing. That was the one I looked at all my future bets I have created through the offseason when I would just get bored and go in there. That was the one I was like, thank you, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Looks like that at the end of the season, this one's going to be good. But Kyler Murray, Offensive Player of the Year, is not a bad thought. Tonight, we got Lamar Jackson. Yep. That team has been riddled with injury and uh, catastrophe. I can't wait to see what that team does. They got some studs in the backfield still somehow. Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Devontae Freeman, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Lamar Jackson still Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. Have people figured him out? And is John Gruden and the Raiders going to be the one to stop him first and lay the blueprint and say, hey, this is what we're doing in 2021 to stop Lamar Jackson? Or is Gruden going to go out there and absolutely ball? They're facing IRS issues uh, way above them. Yes. But the Raiders always win games and none of us expect them to. And I think it's because they're in the Chiefs division, who once again, by the way, they are fucking unbelievable. Yeah. I have no idea how much they're going to win by each game. They, you, we can't bet on them. No. Can't bet on the Chiefs. The only thing you can bet on the Chiefs is the money line because whenever they decide to, yep. they're going to go. And you can actually see it happening. Last night in the kingdom, you could actually see it happening. When Patrick Mahomes started like yelling to the crowd, when Travis Kelsey started yeah. going, it was literally you saw the transformation of now we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was literally what it was. And the whole him just throwing it in in September, Patrick Mahomes, 11 and 0 in his 11 starts, 3,637 passing yards, 35 TDs, zero interceptions. Absurd. Okay, Sunday Whoa. Night Football had that stat last night on Football Night in America. I fucking lost my mind. I was like, oh, we got to talk about this. 35 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the month of September in Patrick Mahomes' career. Absolutely absurd. Him throwing a 50 yard sidearm flick to Tyreek Hill. And, you know, if that was down a sideline, 
of people say it was back shoulder. Yeah, yeah. everybody ah. said he just kind of hooked, but it was, you know, he threw it behind the fender, made him stop, had him do a whirly bird. He said afterwards that he literally couldn't see Tyreek Hill. He just saw his little hand sticking up. <laughs> so that means he saw Tyreek Hill's glove that has the peace sign on it, uh-huh. literally just like this. And Patrick Mahomes sees the peace sign. He's like, oh, it's fucking Tyreek down here. Let me, <laughs> let me go ahead and huck this thing. 75 yard touchdown. It's unbelievable. And they just do it. Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. And Cleveland Browns are fucking awesome to watch. Yeah, they're good. They get OBJ hopefully next week. That comes out of nowhere. Baker Mayfield absolutely balling. Chubb walked a couple in. Hunt's running hard. That defense, Miles Garrett and Clowney literally meeting at Patrick Mahomes a couple different times. The Browns are going to be good. Mm -hmm. What? I'm not saying it, Pat. Tony. I'm not saying it, Foxy. Go, go ahead, Tony. Say it, Tony. Say it, Tony. I'm say not it, Tony. doing it. Do it, Tony. What, in your little swooshy-ass Steelers jacket that's been rubbing in the microphone? <laughs> say it. In, say in, it. In the, in the three, or Heinz Field sitting right next to you and beautiful, yeah. you know, splash. I'm just saying that they might have made some mistakes that past Browns teams have made. Oh. oh. Like what? What are you saying? I'm not doing it. What are you say saying? It. Do it. What are you trying do to it, say? Do it, do it. Same old Browns. No! against the Chiefs, dude. Ah. Same old Browns, they'd be doing against the Jaguars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Coach Dave said, hey, Arabin, welcome to the men's league. That's right. <laughs> Joining us now is one of my favorite humans to ever exist. Mm. Okay? You heard that story about Red 18? Yep. The only reason why I was on that trip is because this man told the sheriff, I think you should have the punter ready. <laughs> <laughs> He was, uh, he was my quarterback coach whenever I got to Indianapolis. He was offensive coordinator at one point. Always has been an absolute living legend. Once coached Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and now Tom Brady with the Buccaneers. Ladies and gentlemen, quarterback coach for the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Clyde Christensen. Yeah! How you doing? Good to be back with you. Hey, is that your board behind you there? You got 20 on there for me? You owe me 20. Oh, film. Film. We're watching film. Yeah, oh, I love that. I love that. I really haven't. I just put it up there for this show. It's just a <laughs> it doesn't move, but uh, just a picture. Hey, that's a smart idea to have back there. Always prepared. Always ready. Let's talk about your team. Let's talk about your room. Tom looked dialed in on Thursday night. There was obviously turnover margin was not great. You only win like 8% of the time when you're minus three, but there was obviously a Hail Mary, a deflection there. Tom looks great right now. Is this what you expected? And do you think there's a little bit more shit to him here early this season than maybe you saw last year, Coach? Yeah, I think he's way ahead of last year. Way, way, way ahead of last year. Last time I talked to you, I just think he's feeling good. He's feeling healthy. He's feeling comfortable. I'll be shocked if he doesn't get off to a much better start. He already is, and uh, and he, he was extremely sharp. We didn't do everything right like most opening days, but we sure made a bunch of big plays, and he sure made some big-time throws out there. So, yeah, I, I think we're way, way ahead of last year. I think he feels better. I think he you know, I think he feels better mentally. I think he feels better physically. And, and obviously, at this time last year, we hadn't even – we were just getting acquainted. We just met, you know. Literally, there was no offseason last year, so – so I, I do think we're ahead, and uh, we got a long ways to go, but it was fun to win that opener. It was fun to have fans back in there. It was fun to play that big game on Thursday night and then uh, sit back and watch everyone else's ulcers churn all Sunday and Saturday <laughs> and Sunday afternoon. So it's a... Uh, you know how those Thursday night wins are. They're, they're, they're fun to win. Yeah, it's a nice three-day weekend ahead of you whenever you win on Thursday night. I have to go back to a moment that was captured on NBC that night. They go up, okay, with like 120 or something left, and there's a shot of Tom Brady literally staring at the field, 
And then he just turns his head and it's like everybody on earth knew exactly what was going to happen there. Everybody on earth. Are you around him there? Is there any, do you just stay the hell out of the way? How does that whole thing go? And at what point does he flip that switch, you think? When he gets that look, you stay out of the way. You hope it's not directed at you. And uh, you're happy it's not directed at you and that it's directed at the opponents and whatever whatever has fired him up. And, uh, and I'm like you. You just, you know, there's nothing like having a quarterback that, you know, you and I both had one for a lot of years that no matter what the score, you just are never out of it. You get a two-minute drive, you leave a minute minute plus on the clock and you just know you have a great chance to win the football game and so great way to start the season you know the game winner and two minute and Dallas's offense is formidable Dak played awesome and uh but but that that was a, that was that was good for us and it, it was a good learning experience I think anything with all the Super Bowl hangover any of that stuff got knocked up and we were a little bit humbled and know how you know good Film showed how much work we got to do. So, hey, that, that, that's a good way to get this thing kicked off. I know a couple of the boys are going to ask you about Dak because what he did, what you just said, unbelievable. Coming out of that injury with so many days off, he just let that thing eat. A lot of the boys are going to ask you about that. But I want to ask you about Tom Brady because okay. you know, I want to ask you about Tom and Peyton and Luck even. What do you think it is that separates? Patrick Mahomes seems to have mm-hmm. this. Yesterday, you watch it. It was almost like watching on TV. You knew when Patrick and Travis Kelsey and them were going to flip the switch. You almost like it felt like like oh they go what do you think it is like mentally that really some of these guys have that some people don't have i think it's kind of a perfect storm i certainly think god blessed them with a bunch of ability to play that position but then they they work unbelievably hard how they prepare and then i just think it's no surprise they got a little bit of swagger they they know they're prepared and they just they just believe that they're going to win that thing tom tom I, i said it to you before just last year i don't think anyone in this building thought we were going to win the Super Bowl at the end of the, at the halfway point of the season, other than him and Bruce Arians, you know, that, that they just believe something good's going to happen all the time. And uh, I do think, I think those guys just have a swagger and, you know, they have a gene that the rest of us didn't get sometimes that they, you know, they, they just, they just, they kind of thrive on it. They, they just play their best football when the, when the pressure's on. And uh, they just, they just always think you're going to come out on top. Uh, they, they, they just believe it. And when you, when you don't, they're in shock, you know. They're they're in shock. They're surprised. They're, you know, they just believe it's going to happen. So I, I do think that they do have a little bit of a confidence level or a swagger level that the that the average guy doesn't have. I think, you know, there's an awful lot of quarterbacks in this league who, you know, aren't sure that it's going to happen. You know, and and that yeah. which is a bit equally bad feeling. And uh, we probably coached some and been around somewhere you weren't sure you were pretty sure it wasn't going to happen. And uh, you know, that's not a good feeling that you have to get lucky, but. Man, when you when you see him take the field, you just go, "This this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna take us down the field, and we're gonna win this football game." That's what that's what's gonna happen. Man, I know there's gonna be memes made about me, but I'm happy to be this guy's fucking quarterback coach. <laughs> I am happy to be this. You, guy. Amen. <laughs> uh, coach, before the boys have some questions for you, and we can't thank you enough for joining us here. Incredible film study. I'm sure you're in the middle of it, uh, and you will be tested and everything like that by everybody. But you've been around the NFL a long time. How many years you've been coaching in the NFL? Uh, 25 plus, I guess. It feels it feels like a yeah. one or two, but it, it, it has been a blast, and uh, it, it's uh, you know. I, I'm glad we, we found our young quarterback of the future here at Brady, and uh, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to hang on that long. He, he's got 10 or 15 in him. I, I'm not sure I do, but, uh, gosh, he just looks young and fresh and, and uh, fun to watch work. He, uh, yeah. He, it's amazing. I agree. In your 25-year experience, though, 
You know, because we are literally, our show is called Overreaction Monday, okay? And we do it every single week. We lose our minds to what happened yesterday. And we maybe are a part of peddling the overreaction around the internet. And I do feel bad, but there are some teams that watched their teams play yesterday or maybe even on Thursday where this season's already over or we already won the Super Bowl. And your 25-year experience, even with the Buccaneers now, like how much growth do you expect from your team over a season and how much change really can happen? Because I think night and day can legitimately happen on teams. Yeah, and I think it did for us last year. I mean, I'm not sure we didn't start out in the, in the bottom five teams in the league how we started out playing and then ended up, you know, I don't think till – Till we were, did I ever think we were the best team in the league? And, and uh, you know, so I think a, a bunch can happen. I think it's it's tough on quarterbacks. These expectations are so high. Everyone's jumps to conclusions. And, uh, you know, you think it's the fans, but it's inside buildings, too. All of a sudden, people are in a panic and, and uh, inside of these buildings. And I think it's the head coaches and management that stay together. And uh, for the long haul, I think it's one of the reasons these quarterbacks aren't developing. You know, you're... There's so many changes of staff. There's so many changes of system. There's so many changes of quarterbacks that, you know, it's hard to stabilize and just improve. you got to put yourself – I thought Coach Dungey always did a great job of just just having a long view of this thing that you were going to keep – we weren't going to switch out every, all these different positions. We were just going to keep improving, keep doing what we do and keep improving. We weren't going to panic and throw in somebody else's offense in week four because we hadn't been scoring touchdowns. You just were going to stay with it and uh, – and uh, it, it just doesn't happen much in this league. People don't stay with their system. People don't stay with their quarterback. People don't stay with their with their with their people, you know, so to speak. So um, I think I'm lucky. I've been been around pretty stable places and pretty stable guys and pretty stable quarterbacks. But you know, it it, it really is. It, it it discourages me, especially with these young quarterbacks that you know need a chance to develop. I mean, who you know. We drafted one last year, and hopefully he won't have to play for a few years. But he sits there and he watches Tom Brady. He gets coached. He practices. And, you know, and, and it's it's a whole different thing than all of a sudden you come in as a savior of the city and the savior of the franchise. And, you you know, and it, it's really unfair. And, by the way, if you're the best player, you go to the worst teams and the and the, and the biggest need to rebuild. So that, 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 that can be a curse. That can be a curse. And next thing you know, you've been playing, you know, after the first year, you're labeled as a bust, and you know you're going through all those, you know, all those issues of you know people seeing you as a bust, which is hard to overcome. And uh, so, yeah, it is. I that's real. I think we laugh about it, but that's real, and I think it's real inside and outside of buildings. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like, we do it as a joke of how everybody acts, and we're actually feeling these ways, but we're out there. And I'm happy you said it, but it's real. There's some key positions in some buildings where they read and see and they react and adjust just like the normal fan would be. And they have the say. They don't, I don't even know if they know they have the say to be like, uh, yeah, get them out, get them out. It's like, oh, you're just going right back to, you're going right back into this thing. But there are some times, coach, where week one is exactly who we thought they were. You Uh just got to hope that your team, is either on the good side of that and not the wrong side of that. Go ahead, Ty. Coach, going back to Dak, obviously you have a bunch of stuff on your plate, uh, but like during these games, like on Thursday night, do you ever kind of just sit back and get to appreciate what like uh, like how he's playing? Because obviously, like as fans, we knew what to expect from you guys. We kind of knew what was going to happen, but I think a majority of the people took away from that game like, wow, Dak was very, very impressive, and he's back 100%. Yeah, I was really interested, you know, because he hadn't played in the preseason, and, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I do. I, I kind of 
become a fan there at points in the game, and I'm watching. And then even even just usually I'll watch the day after the game. We had extra days this week because it was a Thursday game, and just go back and watch him. And it, it was really impressive. And you know, it, to to get hit, to have the injury that he had, and to go back in there against a couple good pass rushers and just sit in the pocket, keep your eyes downfield. I thought it was unbelievably impressive, and uh, I, I've always admired Dak and the work he puts out there. And you know, and and man, I thought that that would that was off the charts good performance on the road, first time playing in a while, first time crowd crowd noise. You know, playing from you know playing from behind a good chunk of the game, and uh, he takes him down on what could have been a game winning two minute drive. It was a heck of a performance, and and uh, thank goodness you know. We had a little something to say about it at the very end of the thing, but he had he had a great day, and and that uh, was impressive. Tough man, tough minded, tough physically, and uh, I got a lot, a lot of respect for him. I've never met him, but uh, a lot of respect for him. I want to follow up on the Cowboys real quick because they're Cowboys fans. I think you know there's no such thing as a consolation prize, but your team is so good, so good with so many great players. I think Cowboys fans are very optimistic about the future. That defense, they did they obviously look much different than the defense they were last year. Whenever you guys played against them, and did they do anything that really? What do you what do you expect from? What did you expect from them? And what did you get from them? Yeah, I'll tell you, it, these games are really hard on coaches because so many staffs have changed. They had a new defensive coach. You don't have any film. You're, you know, I was, I was watching Hasselback last week. He was in one of our cutups, well, you know, against this defensive <laughs> coordinator. So that tells you, uh, you know, that was a long time ago. But you're, you're just trying to piece together. It's the same this week. We play Atlanta, a new defensive staff, and a new head coach, a new defensive coordinator, and. Uh, you know, it's extremely hard to get a beat on people, especially until you start getting some films and see what they're going to become. So they, they luck, fortunate for us is they play sound, good, fairly simple football. So they weren't, uh, it, it was it was pretty much what we thought. It's kind of that Seattle system and a lot of three deep. and uh, and uh, But they did a couple things that threw us for a loop and we were slow to react to and, and uh but they did, they did a really nice job. But these, these weeks on coaches and on quarterbacks are extremely hard just because you, you, you don't have film. You, and then the league turns over so much. I don't know how many new defensive coordinators there are, but I bet almost near half of them are changed from last year. So your, your film from all last year is worthless to you. Hey, uh, just do what Jalen did. I mean, I think Tom could do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a lot of success. You guys are going to be hitting a buzzsaw from that Atlanta team, though. I mean, they got embarrassed at home uh-huh. there. I mean, that that's something you have to also play into it, you know what I mean? Especially with the target on your guys oh, at all times. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Coach, uh, right before half, Tom threw a little Hail Mary ball that got returned a decent uh, way, but at the end of the play, Tom threw his throwing shoulder into the chest of a Cowboys D-back. Did you tell him, like, hey, we can't have you getting injured like this, or are you just going to let him compete out there? I didn't see it because my eyes were closed. And, uh, <laughs> I had my hands over my eyes. And once it came breaking out of there, you're always going, oh, no, it's going to get to the quarterback. Kind of like on returns, and it gets to the kicker. But, you, you know, no, yeah, I always, I always cringe. I always try to say, hey, go low, you know, just take a take your shot there. But, uh yeah, that was that was a little bit over exciting at, at the end of the half there, and that guy came ripping out of there. So that, yeah, no, I always cringe at that, and uh, you know, that that you don't you, you sure don't want to lose a quarterback that way. And uh, that Hail Mary, he made, he made a heck of a throw on the Hail Mary. Yeah. I thought we, you know, I thought we were going to have a chance at that thing, and and uh, we messed up our timeout situation before that. We blew a timeout at the end of the half and at the end of the game, which we got to clean up because that would have really made it really made it a 
you know, a lot easier to do it because we could have thrown the ball inside those hashes and, and still burned the timeout and got those points. Yeah, there were some things that were ugly. You know, you guys won minus three turnovers. Mm-hmm. Like that, it, that doesn't happen, you know? So that, I assume you guys were both optimistic about that and also like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, let's go ahead and make, Week two cannot have week one stuff, I assume, is the statement around there? I would say that we, we, we've always acknowledged we're not normal around this joint. We, we kind of do things wild and woolly, and, uh, and uh, so that, that's certainly the case. That was Coach Arians' message to them. Hey, but we don't want to make a living trying to beat 90% odds. We, we, that's not the way to make a living. But, but uh, I do think that sometimes when you have a franchise quarterback like we have, that you know that those, those numbers are for the average man. Those, those numbers are for the average man. and. Uh, and uh, we, we don't have an average guy at quarterback, so sometimes they go, go down to tube a little bit. Oh, that was awesome. That's Coach. Hey, that is Coach right there. <laughs> Last question here, Coach. We can't thank you enough for joining us. You're the best. Go ahead, Oh, uh, It's been good. Coach, there was a moment uh, on the last drive where it seemed like uh, there was a play called in, and Tom looked at his, looked at his uh, wristband and then shook his head at the sideline and then called another play. Does Tom have the ability, I assume he does, to shake off a play and then call whatever he wants, and do you know if that was the situation there? Yeah, it was. More, ours was more the situation we were trying to figure out how to run some time off the clock, and uh, you know, so it, I think it was more of a misunderstanding of what we were trying to get done with the running the time off the clock. We called a couple double outs where two guys are working the sideline. We just really wanted to throw that ball out of bounds. You know, take take some time off. Don't leave them time after the field goal attempt and. So it was more of that than it was shaking off a play in this case. And uh, mm. but he always has a he always has you know it's talked through. He has a lot of things he can go to at any time. And uh, but I think he was thinking, hey, I don't want to throw one over there by the sideline where something bad could happen. And I think our intention offensively was, hey, we just want to throw this thing out of bounds and run four or five seconds off the clock three times and take that thing down where there wasn't going to be more plays. And that's happening in live speed with Byron Leftwich and him making decisions, which, by the way, if you have Tom Brady, you'd like him to be a part of the, yeah. the decision, I'd assume. Like, hey, Absolutely. Yeah. And so Byron's saying, hey, do you want to blah, 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 Tom with a, huh, okay, then we'll do this. That's awesome. Like, that is great communication in a very high-pressure moment, right? Yeah, and then you add in the head coach, and in our case, the head coach is, you know, it's his offense, you know, that it's his offense. So sometimes, you know, he'll, in the heat of battle, give us something, and he knows exactly what he wants and why he wants it. And maybe he might be the only one who knows exactly why he wants what he wants. And, uh, so we unfolded it. It wasn't as smooth as uh, as it will be down the road in this season. But, uh, you know, we, we got it unfolded and ran some time off and uh, and suck up. Those are some Hit great the kick and uh, didn't leave him a whole bunch of time. So we got the end result we were looking for. Sometimes isn't as smooth. And you know, just to play those those that that first game, there's it's hard to prepare for. Those guys haven't played many snaps, and you know, we try and protect them, and you try and create as many situations as you can. But you know, it's 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 a little bit different out there on the grass on a on a Thursday night national TV game with a full house. It's a, it's a little bit little bit different and that's a great situation to learn from going forward by the way so now that you have that one under under control there'll probably be another situation where it'll pop up you guys will run through it again in practice and it'll be like oh this was exactly what we had before the half there i mean i can't wait to watch your team grow coach thank you so much for your time hey i appreciate you appreciate you appreciate your friendship and uh, for having me on the show no you're great anytime you want to come on we appreciate you ladies and gentlemen quarterback coach super bowl champ of the tampa bay buccaneers clyde christensen thank you Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills. 
or on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Bangin' up, bangin' up, bangin' up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. We're going to be joined by a man whose team started out the season on quite a high note. The New Orleans Saints spanked the Green Bay Packers 38-3 to down in Jacksonville. It was a blowout that none of us could have seen coming, except for the New Orleans Saints players and the New Orleans Saints fans. The man who's joining us right now has already started doing work with United Way to raise money for the people in the panhandle dealing with Hurricane... Ida. Ida, which has been a real pain in the ass for a lot of people. This man was actually quoted after the game as saying, our people don't have power, okay, after what happened with Hurricane Ida. But they were watching this game. Mm -hmm. Much like back in the day when Hurricane Katrina Katrina came through and the Saints went on that magical run, it really felt as if DeMario and the entire New Orleans Saints team felt like they had to put on for the people of the panhandle down there after Hurricane Ida. Not only talking about it, being about it, raising money. Ladies and gentlemen, all-pro linebacker, the New Orleans Saints, DeMario did. What up, dude? What's going on, good people? What's going on? Hey, where are you guys in Dallas? Are you in Jacksonville? Are you in where are you right now? Uh, we are we in Dallas. Uh, getting ready. We just boarded the bus, getting ready to head to our uh, Monday lift. Okay, so I over at the TCU field. Hey, Sean. By the way, I heard TCU field's very nice. Sean Payton said, "Hey, it's not just the players. We brought family. We brought everybody over there. Do you guys feel like you're in college right now? Like the entire? Is, is it feel like it's brought you together more because you have to deal with all this tomorrow? It's certainly uh, something. Um, it's, it's tremendous in the organization because they brought uh, you know our families, spouses, girlfriends, kids. You know, uh, just to make sure that everybody." Was able to evacuate safely, but at the same time, I guess still feel like you're at home as best you can. Um, but we, we're making the most of the situation. 
I'd say, and by the way, that's what the people of New Orleans will do, right? I mean, that's kind of the way New Orleans gets by. What you're doing with the United Way, raising money. We're going to run the video on our show with the QR code. I mean, the Saints kind of stepping up and feeling that way about the area. Do you feel like uh, you have to do that type of thing? Or is it just at this point you feel one with the city so much, like let's go ahead and do this thing and put on for everybody? It's, it's a combination of both. I, I believe to whom much is given, much is required. That's, that's kind of the mantra that, that I live by. We have these tremendous platforms, so we have to use them, especially when people are hurting, when people are in need. Everybody doesn't have the, the luxury to be able to just pick up and move and evacuate, you know, when uh, natural disasters come. And I think that's just part of being a human being and humanity. We uh, bear one another's burdens, and so, um, you know, when you can lend a helping hand, you do it. And so we just, I mean, the city and the area needs it. So um, anyone around the world wanting to help, you know, doing it through United Way alongside us uh, is a tremendous way to help. You know, they do a great job of uh, doing the research to figure out what areas need it the most. Um, in times like this, a lot of people can kind of, you know, use it and, and do different things with it. But, you know, they're going to do the right thing and, um, and that's why we chose to work alongside them. They're doing tremendous work. It's a lot of immediate needs. It's going to be a lot of long-term needs that are needed. Um, a lot of resources are going to be needed for us to get thoughts of where we want to be back in the city. And so even though we, we have our, our mission at hand to play these games, we still want to be on the front lines helping our people. Hey, that's awesome, Gloria. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, we will obviously donate. We'll put $10,000 in there. Hopefully, uh, there'll oh, be. Thank you. Hey, no, thank you for joining us, especially on the buster. You sit back by the bathroom, huh? That was always where I like to hang out by there, too, all the way in the back. Or is this normal for you, or are you up in the front normally? This, this, this is the spot, man. Ever since, you know, back riding school in middle school, high school, the cool <laughs> spot was the back of the bus, man. You just kept it the same. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yesterday, you guys beat the dog shit out of the Packers. I, I mean, did you know in practice what type of team you had? Did you know that the defensive line was going to be a problem for that offensive line? Did you know Jameis Winston was going to be slinging that thing? How was the vibe of the team? There's been a lot of turnover, a lot of change, obviously. You guys just kicked the shit out of the NFC Championship back-to-back -back losers, Green Bay Packers, yesterday. Hey, Tamari, do you have your headphones connected or no? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, get those things out of there. All right, we can't hear your beautiful voice right now. We can't hear anything. Oh. You're saying amazing stuff, I believe, and we can't hear a single thing you're saying. Can you hear me now? Right now, we're looking up the the bus that the Saints are using. Beautiful bus. It is a beautiful yeah, bus. Yeah, and by the way, oh. Eric, can you hear me now? Oh, <laughs> can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you good. Okay, perfect. Tomorrow, you guys beat the hell out of the Packers. You knew you guys had a good team going in there. Good day at the office. I don't think the Packers picked up a first down to the fourth quarter. What was the read on the Packers offense you guys hadn't coming in? Was it the same as playing them before? Did you guys did you change anything defensively? Why were you guys and is this what is this what the Saints defense is gonna be all damn year? Uh we certainly have a high standard for ourselves on defense. Know, week in, week out. Um, and it all begins with the same formula. Stop the run, get out the field on third down, create takeaways, uh, put pressure. Unfortunately, we were able to do all those things uh, yesterday. 
and for us to continue to play at the level that, that we know we can and, and want to, we're going to have to continue to do that. 38-3. I mean, what does Sean Payton say after that game in the, in the locker room? Like, hey, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we beat the shit out of yeah. that. All right, let's, let's run this thing back. What is the message after that? That is so. That is a dominant performance from front to back there. What's the message? How do you continue to grow on this? Um, <laughs> the message is simple. That game is done. On to the next. God, I love it. Jameis Winston, you guys obviously had confidence and faith in him, but what he did yesterday with that offense, I assume everybody was giving him massive love and praise and excited for his opportunities here as the New Orleans Saints quarterback with brand new eyes. Just got LASIK last year. Brand new eyes on Jameis Winston out there? Um, I think his, his, his progression has just been phenomenal. Uh, as a player, uh, as, a, as a person, as a leader, you can see the evolution. Um, he's always been a, uh, I mean, his, his, his reputation precedes him as far as his work ethic. He's always been one of the hardest working guys in, in the field. But, you know, uh, you know, leading guys at the quarterback position, it, it's so much that goes into that to see his evolution, and his growth as, uh, as a player, and as a man, and to be able to be coached by, uh, you know, one of the best uh, offensive minds ever in the history of the game to have a seat to be able to sit behind the Hall of Fame quarterback the entire year, uh, which I know was very humbling to him to be able to take that and, and, and to use it and, and to use it as a stepping stone. Um, you know, we need him to play great this year, and um, he has the capability of doing it, and he showed it yesterday. And I, I, I just think uh, the sky's the limit. There's not a person, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again, not a person in the building I'm more proud of than him just because of the journey. I've had the opportunity to watch the journey, and um, he's handled that, that, that adversity and waiting for his moment and waiting for his time, I think, as good as, as anybody uh, can. And I think I think the world is going to be, be shocked by the version of James Winston that they're going to see. He was yesterday was awesome. I mean, he threw for five touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, he's doing his thing. We're talking to Demario Davis, all pro linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. He's currently in a bus on his way over to the TCU facility uh, to watch film as they are displaced because of Hurricane Ida through New Orleans. And he's doing work with United Way to raise money for the beautiful people down there at Boston Connor. Go ahead, pal. Yeah, Demario, Marshawn Lattimore signed a pretty massive contract yesterday after the game. Did you guys, you know, make him buy you all steak dinners or was it just kind? <laughs> of a congratulations for him man that's uh that's one of the toughest guys you know i've ever had opportunity to play with um he was, he, he was pretty banged up you know he had uh, uh, a couple of little deals and, and, and for the game i know he was there was something going on he, he it, was, it was possibility he wasn't gonna be able to play and you know, i just went to him and told him like bro i need you in this game he's like i got you when i looked up he was out there in the game and he had a phenomenal game, uh, and <laughs> I didn't know the contract was going to come through until after the game. We all found out at the same time, but for me, there's nobody more deserving. Nobody's more deserving. Than, uh, you can have a, a corner that plays at that type of level and, and can go in the game and single-handedly lock guys up. That's why, you know, they get the contracts that they do. It makes a big difference on your defense, and um, definitely glad to have them as a teammate. Definitely glad that 
he got what he deserved. He it was announced that he was getting surgery last night. Uh, Demario Davis is not a doctor, so I'd be out of pocket <laughs> if I asked him how long until he is back. But that should be noted about the Marshawn Lattimore mm-hmm. uh, contract. Alvin Kamara, hey, and. I know offense steals the headlines or whatever, but that guy might be the best football player on earth. Does he? He is unbelievable on the field. It's. I thought to myself last night, and I think Jameis obviously knew this as well. If you just give that guy the ball, you're probably going to win a lot of games in practice. Is it full go for Kamara every single day? Is that iron sharpen iron with the defense as well? And is there any stop? How do you stop that guy? I don't understand how you stop. He, he can't get tackled. He has more balance than everybody. His vision's incredible. He's explosive, and he catches everything. It seems like he's the guy. Uh, yeah, certainly I'm glad he's on my team. <laughs> I'll have to try to figure out how to stop him, you know. Um, but yeah, man, he's, he's as gifted as they come. Uh, most gifted, most gifted athlete I've, I've ever been around. Um, and I've been around a lot of great athletes. He's just a special human being, and you know, that's what you see week in and week out. Uh, your defense, Cam Jordan, was feasting. I mean, it just felt like. You guys, last year, there was a long time during the season where it was like, hey, the Saints can win it all because their defense is very, very good. You start the season the most dominant performance out of everybody. I can't wait to watch you guys continue to grow. And thank you so much for joining us on your bus ride in the middle of a busy Monday, pal. Hey, thank you, man. You guys be blessed. Hey, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, all-pro linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, who just won 38-3, and the Packers didn't have a first down until fourth quarter. Did pretty okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Demario Davis. Yeah! Hey, you know the way things very cool, by the way. Him, Cam Jordan, a oh, bunch yeah. of players on the team mm-hmm. were all pushing it, putting on for New Orleans after that storm comes through. He was saying a lot of good stuff that was very low there at the beginning, but I appreciate the hell out of him. That 38-3, that's dominant performance. I should have, I realistically should have thought about that with like people being displaced and stuff like that. Like I didn't really even account for that at all. I just assumed like, oh, it's going to be a neutral site game in Jacksonville. A bunch of Packers fans are going to show up. Like hindsight, like there was no way they were going to lose that game. That's if you look back to what happened after Katrina, right? And then you look back to how that team legitimately is connected to the city and yeah. to the area. And Sean Payton, I think, is a big part of that. Obviously, on, on top of everyone writing them off in the off season, Drew Brees retires. They have to cut all these people to get underneath the cap. Then there's the you know uh, Sean Payton and Michael Thomas stuff. It seemed like everyone was writing them off. Like I don't know, bunker know. mentality. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. It was a perfect recipe Coach for them Dave. to. Hey, Houston Texans, another perfect bunker oh, mentality. Yeah. Now. We're going to find out about the Houston Texans with the next game they played. We're going to find out a lot about Urban Meyer as well with the next game. Let's run through the weekly scores. If you do not recall, uh, the Buccaneers start off started off week one with a game-winning field goal, 31-29 over an incredible Cowboys team. Then all the games in between. Panthers beat the Jets. Sam Darnold wins by five. The Jets were in that thing until the very, very, very end, though. Very end. Their team is going to be a good team at some point, but Zach Wilson's going to get his ass beat, I think, especially yeah. with the injury to Mackay, which nobody likes, but congrats uh, to the Panthers getting a win in the Sam Darnold era and also having a fake Panther jump through their stadium. Oh, yeah, that was man. Awesome. Sweet. I, I loved it. I enjoyed the Panther coming through Bank of America Stadium and everything like that, grabbing the New York Jets banner, 
clawing the shit out of that yeah. thing and them running that on Twitter. That thing had to be so expensive to create. Remember when you're looking at something like this, it's literally every single movement of that thing, everybody, is some graphic that is being created. We obviously have it in 480p here. <laughs> the Panthers are not going to be thankful for us running this at all. It is much nicer than it appears right here. It is obviously a real Panther that they created with augmented reality. Uh, absolutely beautiful. My big thing is... Did they do this? I mean, it jumps off the uh, goalpost right up to the top of the stadium, which, by the foul. way, a Panther probably could do. It housed. That is a personal foul. It was taunting. And it jumps right out of the stadium. They did this all strictly for their Twitter account? They oh, must yeah. have. I didn't see it anywhere else. Yeah. Well, it couldn't be aired anywhere else. For instance, on SmackDown, we have incredible virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality graphics. But that's on TV. People are watching it. So you see some stuff in the arena and then on the screen that the TV's watching is some insane shit, some lions and Romans like 45 feet tall. I mean, it's a, it's a full thing that happens. But you're actually seeing it on TV. For this one, if Carolina isn't running the, the game, nobody's seeing that except for social media. The fact that they spent that much money to create something that awesome for social media, unless whenever Fox did their pregame hit, if wow. Rappaport or whoever is, or the NFL Network standing there or whatever, unless they're standing on there doing a pregame hit, and that Panther is sitting in the back, you know, in the back, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they did it for anything other than social. And for that, I am thankful, and I fucking love what they're doing over there in Carolina. Yeah, all they had to do was ask Tapper, hey, we're going to need $17 million. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend a million <laughs> bucks a week on social media, but this fucking Panther is going to take over. And I mean, it got me. I, I hammered the Panthers after I saw it. And by the way, it got me as well. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. and, and then as I was looking at it, all I continue to do is, who saw that? Like, nobody saw this except for social media. I love it even more. Yeah. Richest guy in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That should be happening, I guess. That's right. He doesn't give a shit. Hey, thank you, man, for doing that. Thank and thank you. you to the Carolina Panthers social team for putting together an incredible... They're another team that gets it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A lot of the NFC South squads do, by the way, I've, I've learned. And, and Iron Sharpens Iron. When there other teams go. are doing it, you're kind of expected to do so. Hopefully, the Chargers and, and the Colts and the Panthers and the Saints and everybody else that dominates out there will continue to lift this, the tides of everybody else. Uh, Steelers get a big win in Buffalo, Ooh. obviously, 23-16. Texans beat Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence 37-21. Coach Dave and Tyrod Taylor, they got a massive hit to their salary cap. Incredible distraction all offseason. And come out with a dominant win over Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville Jaguars. I saw some of this game, not as much as I feel as comfortable to chat about this game. Trevor Lawrence had some good moments, had some terrible moments, right? Yep, yep. yep. Through three touchdowns, through three picks, a couple of his picks, they were basically saying, like, hey, he'll learn. Like, this is the kind of stuff he could do at Clemson. You can't do it in the NFL. Urban Meyer, obviously, everybody's looking at him, asking him when he's going to leave, how long this is going to take, or whatever. <laughs> I think Urban Meyer's all in on being a Jaguar. I'm excited to see what they become. That could be a long road, though, if Coach Dave and the boys are beating the hell out of him. But maybe the Texans have full bunker mentality and they're off and running. 27-24, the Bengals beat the Vikings at home. Game-winning field goal in overtime with five seconds left. Five full quarters. Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and the boys came alive late after a fourth and one stop on uh, the Bengals' 29-yard line, down 14, scored a touchdown, got hot. Greg Joseph kicked a 50-some yarder, sent it to overtime. Back and forth, Jordan Berry, former punter of the Pittsburgh Steelers, now with the Minnesota Vikings, hit a six 63-yard fair catch in overtime. Fucking murdered the ball. Anytime you see a 60-yard fair catch, think about what that means, okay? That means the ball has to be high enough for long enough 
that somebody can get under it and force a fair catch. 60-yard fair catches aren't something that happen often, let alone in overtime. Jordan Berry should be celebrated. Ultimately, they lose to Evan McPherson, <laughs> Joey Burrow, and the Bengals. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles beat the hell out of the Falcons, 32-6. to That could get ugly. Falcons got the Buccaneers this week. Are the Eagles much better than everybody thinks, potentially? Uh-huh. 2016, the Chargers go into Washington and get a win. Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick. Hip subluxation yes bingo another word for dislocation he's on ir seems like that's heineke's team the chargers are who we thought they were they are going to be good Mm -hmm. justin herbert is a stud he's throwing balls where only his guys can get but so is the washington football team they're late they couldn't get a stop the chargers basically did a four minute offense for five and a half minutes they proclaimed their dominance over there pipes burst but I think the Washington football team is going to be good. I think this is just an, uh, an ode to how good the Chargers are going to be potentially. 38-13, Cardinals beat the dog shit out of the Titans. 33-29, Chiefs beat the Browns in electrifying fashion. 28-16, the Seahawks literally shit all over the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> They're good. So are the Colts. I'm not giving up hope yet. Remember, Phillip Rivers and the Colts last year lost to Joe Dirt. In the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's right. Game. Still made a playoffs. Uh, still made a playoffs. Let's go 41-33, Niners over Lions. That was a 25-point game. Yeah. The Lions scored late quick, even got an onside kick, a first onside kick. Congratulations. 38-3, Saints over the Packers. 27-13, Teddy B and the Broncos over the Giants. Giants are in trouble. Yeah. Big time. Hey, Joe Judge building a new culture. The Giants have stunk for a long time. Danny Dimes, I think there's still a lot of question marks nationally about him. I'm not sure how the Giants feel. That offense is just clusterfuck completely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the offensive line's fault. I don't know if it's Jason Garrett's fault. I don't know if it's Danny Dimes' fault. Whatever the case, they have not found the ingredients to put a recipe together for successful offense over there for the Giants for some time. How will that unfold throughout the season? Maybe they'll figure it out. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully Saquon can kind of pick it up. Obviously, it was his first game back. He only got activated a couple weeks ago, so if he gets a little more comfortable, maybe that'll help their success. But yeah, they got to figure it out quick. Too. They were questioned on whether or not Saquon would play. He looked in the videos I saw, it seemed like his legs were churning. Oh, yeah. Seems like they were moving, didn't run for a lot of yards. Maybe it's only a matter of time before he gets back in the swing of things. If you're a Giants fan, that's what you're thinking. If you're a Broncos fan, Teddy Bridgewater threw for two touchdowns, had over 100 QBR or whatever. Teddy Bridgewater playing good football, good for the Broncos. 17-16, the Dolphins going to Foxborough and uh, win massively, by the way. Tua looked good. Patriots could have won late. They fumble. Miami Dolphins defense forces a fumble Bingo. with three minutes left on their own 10, four minutes left on their own 10 to secure the one-point victory over division rival New England Patriots. Congrats to the Dolphins. And obviously, last night was the Matthew Stafford show, 34-14, over the Chicago Bears. What a weekend. What a time to be alive. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, host of the Man to Man podcast, Everything DB, and now officially a part of the FanDuel family, I believe. Ladies and gentlemen, okay. nine-year NFL vet, Darius Butler. What's up, fellas? Hey, good to see you. Great to have you back. Congrats on the FanDuel deal. We're proud of you, pal. Hey, man, appreciate you. You know, you played a big part, big part in that. I did send some text messages. I said, hey, you got to figure this out. But you got it done, so congratulations to you. Let's chat about what happened this weekend, pal. What are you thinking? What are some big thoughts? Who blew your mind? Did a Colts stink, dude? How about the Packers? Are they going to get relegated to double A? Is Urban Meyer's seat already hot after one week? What are your thoughts, Darius Butler, after playing nine years in the NFL at a high level? 
I mean, I, I feel like Urban Meyer's seat was hot as soon as he got hired. Uh, but you know, if, I mean, the best the best thing I saw yesterday that Chandler Jones man pay that pay that dude, and I mean immediately to go out there and get five sacks, two forced fumbles. I feel like that's my MVP and defensive player of the year right now. Uh, Taylor Lewan, I guess he tried to, you know, get to social media and get in front of the slander. Um, you know, different little strategy there. But uh, he, that, that was phenomenal. Everybody from the NFC West looks, you know, great. AFC South, the Houston's, Houston, Texas in the league. Oh, yeah. They look like they're on their way to the Super Bowl, possibly. Touch I mean, a lot of shit. My Dolphins. Oh! Shout out, God! Went in there, Fox bro got a win, man. So well, there's a lot, a lot of things that went on yesterday, man. I'm just happy to be here, overreact to every and anything. Darius Butler got drafted to the New England Patriots. Yeah, that's right. right. He did. So yeah, they tried to pay him for a little bit for his fanhood. Yeah, they cut me too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the Dolphins are his heart, obviously, South Florida boy. We appreciate you joining us. Let's talk about some of the things you chatted about right there. Chandler Jones with five sacks in one game. He's on pace to have 85 sacks this season. <laughs> okay, was, uh, now, that's Astros. Obviously, it's a 17-game yeah, season. Right. It's a little bit different. The money dance at the end there. It, it, it feels like with the Colts, with the Titans, there was nothing really with the Packers. There was nothing really able to go because the offensive line couldn't do a damn thing. Yeah. Do you think it's like almost a shock factor? Like, oh, we're back in football and it might take a little bit. Some people might stumble out of the gates. Or why do you think D linemen and D in Buffalo as well in some situations have just capitalized and taken advantage in week one of a lot of offensive lines? I mean, I don't know, man. But I mean, even the Pittsburgh. I mean, we know Pittsburgh. You know, they they've led the league in sacks four years in a row. They're gonna get after a passer. When you don't have the threat of a run game. You know, it, it's tough. And uh, obviously, Packers. It got ugly there. Mm. They're not. They're not gonna run the ball. Uh, Derek Henry. His first nine carries. I think he had eight yards. So it starts there. Um, so it, these guys. Who, which other team am I thinking about? Um, Packers. Colts. No, no, no. I want to get back to this Titans, though, because Taylor the one, I got to get back to this. This is bigger than, than one guy. This is a whole coaching uh, fiasco. You know, on Wednesday morning, you go in there at 8 o'clock, you put three game records up on the board. You got the defensive game records, offensive, and special teams. At 55, I know he was on it. He's been on there for a decade. So for you to let a guy get five sacks, two forced fumbles, I mean, that's absolutely crazy. You know, he went out there and earned 25, 28 a year. No chips either. Like I think that's what everybody was thinking. Tony Dungy, I think, said that last night in Football Night in America. He's like, "Can we get some help for that guy?" <laughs> like, is they, there anything? They had a boot and didn't even block him on one play. Like, I mean, I think their OC came over from Oakland, so I don't know how you keep recycling these got job guys just giving these jobs, man. But it, it was, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. But I mean, the offensive line that's like the DB unit. You saw that blown coverage. Uh, with the Bears last night, if one guy messed no. up or a certain no. guy didn't get that wasn't a blown coverage. No, that wasn't, wasn't a blown coverage. Yeah, I saw it. Dan Orlovsky yeah. told me that was not yeah. a blown coverage. Perfect. D, but Stafford used eyes. That isn't. But wait, I have hey, a question. If Dan Stafford, is a wild boy, man. Dan is a wild. <laughs> after that, so this dude texted me. We're going back like twenty minutes back and forth with text messages. He's pulling up old clips. I mean, it, it was a blo- any. T- I, I'll give you a little cheat sheet, guys. I don't care if you played the game or not. You never took one snap of football. Anytime you see a, a clip where the closest defender is about 15 yards away from the receiver, it's a blown coverage. I, I, don't, I don't care what Stafford, McVay, or anybody out there doing. That's a blown coverage. Well, I think his eyes could have led to the blown coverage, right? Like the, the fact that Orlovsky was like, no, no, same blown coverage isn't giving Matthew Stafford enough credit for what he was doing. His feet were parallel. <laughs> I saw him do that. Shoulders. 
eyes. Huh? Huh? But I mean, it, was, it wasn't even, it had nothing to do with actually that side of the ball. You know, a little football, a little coverage one-on-one. When you go quarter, quarter, half, Uh-oh. the defense actually splits the field in half. So this side of defense is doing their own thing, and this side of defense is doing their own thing. So any help from that side would have been bonus. That nickel, he should have carried uh, cut all the way to the end zone. He dropped him early. Stafford did a great job finding him and not uh, putting the ball on him. Well, that's not what Dan Orlovsky said. Nope. So. Yeah. Uh, we're talking Darius Butler, a man who played corner, nickel, safety, everything in the defensive backfield for the Patriots, Panthers, and the Colts. I was lucky to be his teammate. D-Bud, if you're a fan of one of these teams that shit the bed, just absolutely shit the bed yesterday, how do you, what do you tell them in, from your experience? Do you let them know, like, hey, things are going to change here. From week one to week two, things are going to, yeah. some teams won't. Hey, some some teams are going to be shit. They are who we thought they were. That's going to happen. But there's a lot of growth that's going to happen, especially in this season. What are your thoughts on things that you've been a part of or you're looking back on after a bad game to move on to uh, to week two? You just got to make corrections, you know, fix it and move on. Like A-Rod got up there and said, yes, yeah, so, you know, it, it's one game. You know, you got 16 games left. And if you got a team as talented as like Green Bay, you know you got a chance. You know you'll be good. You'll still be in it uh, down the stretch. I mean, we'll say the same thing with the coach. You know, you get Fisher back in there, left tackle. Um, Xavier Rose missed the game. You know, Russell Wilson, that's a phenomenal player. You know, that offensive line, they got to they gotta get their shit together collectively. But I think they're talented enough from, you know, the head coach, the quarterback, and everybody in that building. So if you got a good team, a good roster, you know, the, the future is bright. If your roster shitty and you went out there and played shitty week one, it's going to be a long road ahead. Yeah, because, you know, if you have a shitty roster, like, you can't really bank on the players' right to make a play. So you, you're banking on the coaches to scheme up right. And we can assume by some of the things we've seen that some of these coaches might not – this might not be the season for them. Nope. Now, maybe they'll go to the drawing board in the offseason. We'll see how it goes. Some places were surprising, though. I think I'm just so fascinated because this is Overreaction Monday, and we do pedal in overreactions on Mondays during the season. But it is the internet is awesome after yeah, week yeah. one. Oh yeah. There was one guy. There was one guy who said, um, I forget exactly what it was. Basically, trade Dalton to Washington. <laughs> yeah. Get Fields in there. Fire Nagy. Get him out of there. This is all after one. This is one game against the Los Angeles Rams defense. Yeah, Nagy should give. This was awesome. Mike Dubs. Dubs. Uh, Mike Dubs Radio. <laughs> Nagy should give up a play call like did last year. Fields starts week two. Bears trade Dalton to Washington. It's like Mike Dubs. <laughs> yeah. I love Mike Dubs a lot, but the fact that he was like, no. Oh, this is exactly what has to fucking happen yeah, after one seriously. game. I love that. That's why the NFL is so fantastic. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, D, but obviously, sweet Dolphins hat, dude. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering it, what you thought about <laughs> McCorkle Jones' performance, especially considering how good the Dolphins' secondary is with X Howard and Byron Jones and now McCourty. Yeah, that's a that's a tough tough defense to face. You know, week one, obviously, B Flow. You know, he's he's been in New England forever. He knows that system. He knows what they want to do on offense. Um, and he had him in position to win that game. You know, it's tough to start in this league as a rookie. I think all three of the starting uh, rookie quarterbacks lost, and he had him right in in the fourth quarter. Our running back fumbled it late. And that kind of cost him the game. X Howard picked up the fumble, you know, turnover machine. But uh, McCorkle looked good. He looked good. I would say he looked the best out of the three guys who started. You know, you had Zach Wilson who struggled against the Panthers and then uh, Trevor Lawrence who uh, made some plays but struggled against the Texans. So I think the future is bright uh, with uh, Mac Jones uh, up there in New England and uh, they'll be all right. Hey, there's a lot of non-Patriot shit happening up there the last couple of years. You hear me? 
But non-Patriot shit, D. But last year, we saw Hoyer obviously get sacked and going into half with no timeouts left in field goal range. And it's like, that's just one situation. But that's something the Patriots never did. Like, hey, that's not yeah. what the Patriots do. There was a couple other things. This game, fumble going in three minutes left in the game, four minutes left in the game, down one on the 10-yard line. I mean, you're obviously in field goal range. The folklore, Nick Folk is Man. back in there. That ball is going to go in. They fumble. They lose that game. After the game, J.C. Jackson talks shit on Tua after losing. <laughs> It's like there's a lot of things happening in New England. It doesn't normally happen, uh, D-Butt. Yeah, bu- bulletin bulletin board material is a big, a big no-no out there. And uh, J.C. Jackson, obviously, a very good player. And this is, this is a great team that's gonna, they're going to see uh, you know later in the season. So that's usually a no-no. And that fumble, I mean, ball security, that's the best way to get in the doghouse as a running back or anybody who carries the ball out in New England. So very uncharacteristic of them. But it's football, man. I saw it happened with one of the teams I bet on too, the Vikings. Dalvin coughed oh. one up late as well, and that game went overtime. And they lost, so uh, it's happening, especially early in the season. Hopefully, they fit. and that's a team, that's a coaching staff, and that's a, a locker room that I'll bet on to get those things fixed and win a bunch of games this year. Yeah, week one, I guess we shouldn't overreact too much. Speaking of the Vikings uh, Bengals game, shout out to Evan McPherson. Dude. Yeah. Congrats on the game winner in your first ever NFL game, dude. That's awesome. He was slaughtering yeah. footballs. Um, Zach Taylor, <laughs> fourth and one on your own 29, up 14. And the Vikings have looked dead. Big nut. Yeah. Hey, I agree. Okay, you can say big Huge. old. You can say big oh. old gut sack. But literally, it, you you pick that up. You continue to go. You go up seventeen or up twenty one. Awesome. Obviously, that is awesome. That is what you're looking for. But God damn, the Vikings looked dead. There was nothing happening. All they needed was a little bit of a spark. As soon as that happened, Thielen with a touchdown. Bang, we're back in there. And then their kicker, Greg Joseph, slaughters two fifty some yarders to send that thing to overtime. I mean, it was. It was beautiful. I mean, that game changed immediately upon yeah. that call. Cincinnati Bengals, I think, though, if you're uh, part of the Who Day, like you got a chance to see your your team go through some adversity there. Yeah. Jamar yeah. Chase took the top off the bucket, by the way, getting through the yips, catches a deep ball there. So happy for him. I mean, the Bengals look like they had some dogs. Like the, the Bengals look like a team team over there, D-Butt. I mean, they, they got some good players. They got some, obviously Burrow, he got banged up last year, but he's he's a great young quarterback. Getting, you went up and got Chase early where a lot of people thought you should have went a different direction. But I mean, that's a one-two punch that could be scary uh, down the stretch. And to see, I, I was I was happy to see him make, uh, make all those plays on week one especially with, you know, his comments, in my opinion, kind of being taken and blown out of proportion. Uh, but he went out there and made Jesse Bates. I love him as a safety. And Mixon, you know, he's not talked about a lot. But big win for the Bengals. Uh, you know, they held it down on their home turf. And uh, week one, long season, tough division. But, uh, you know, good, good win. Real good win for them. No indoor facility. Go ahead, Ty. Uh, Debo, when you look at the Packers, they shit-can Mike Patton as their defensive coordinator and bring in a guy who really hasn't been successful anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> and you always hear that, like, they have a bunch of these pieces and a bunch of these dudes. At what point is it possible, though, that, like, maybe the personnel is the issue and it's not necessarily the coaching? Or do you think, Ooh. like, no, this the, like who they have calling these plays is, is, the, is the real issue here? Uh, it, it's tough, but looking at that personnel, like I, I, there's no way I can look at that defense and, and you know come to that conclusion that their personnel is the issue. So okay, I so think part of that yesterday, <laughs> part of, part of that was the, the offense not moving the ball. Right. It's a complimentary game, you know. Uh, a had two turnovers. The offense was just not moving the ball at all. So you got your defense out there all day in Florida. You know it's going to be tough in that heat. So uh, Kevin King, I mean. Uh, 
he, he's giving up. He's giving up big plays, man. You, you get short. Jameis got the ball on short fields all day. So it's tough. It was a tough start for Joe Barry. But that defense, you know, that front, uh, that secondary, I mean, that's one of my favorite safety tandems. And you got Alexander out there who's probably a top two or three corner in the league. So I definitely can't put it on personnel. Uh, Joe Barry, uh, what's his name, Joe Barry? Yeah. He's got to figure it out, figure it out fast, man. Uh, Ty, great way to word that. We bring in a defense coordinator who has never had success. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made me laugh. We got like two minutes real quick on this last one, Debo. We, we appreciate your brain. Go ahead, Diggs. Debo, uh, Steelers got pressure yesterday without blitzing. They blitzed once or twice, depending on who you're getting stats from. How awesome is that for the secondary, for the D-line to get pressure without blitzing? I mean, that, that's everything. You saw that same thing in New Orleans. They were getting after him with three, four-man rushes. So that's just, you know, you get got more resources on the back end. You had Joe Hayden back who missed that Week 14 matchup uh, last year. He's playing on the contract year. You had Sutton who, who, who was making some plays, man, as that number two corner. Minka's an all-pro and the big money man up front. You know, he was a one-man wrecking crew. So when you can when you get after that quarterback and keep a guy like Josh Allen, who you know that offense didn't have any run threat, too. So you know they'll be dropping it back, throwing it all game. You can't do that against that Pittsburgh defense, man. So if I'm a Steelers fan, big, I think Big Ben can still – still still definitely some room to tighten up. But, that, I mean, that, that team – that team slept on coming in this year. I can see them making some noise. First half, offense looked absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. Second half, it looked Maybe. different. New offensive coordinator, same old Ben. Let's see how this whole thing goes. Great defense. D-Butt, we can't thank you enough for joining us. You're the best. Can't wait to see you next Monday, pal. I appreciate you, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Uh, we have some breaking news that happened during that incredible conversation with our guy Darius Butler, uh, Man to Man Podcast, Everything DB. Ian Rappaport is reporting that the Washington football team quarterback, whose stadium, by the way, had some busted pipes. Ooh, oh, look yeah. out. Jason Wright says, hey, I'm trying to fix the culture. I can't fix all these fucking pipes. <laughs> all right. Allegedly, that was just rainwater, and they all kind of oh, went on sure. with it. But Rappaport's reporting that the Washington football team quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, did suffer a hip subluxation. That's a dislocation? Yes, I believe. Uh, the MRI confirmed he'll be placed on injured rever- uh, reserve, source said, but no indication yet that it's season ending. Okay, so he goes on to injured reserve. I think they... Brought that down to like three weeks or two weeks. I forget uh-huh. what it was last season. They're going to roll with it. Doesn't mean it's season ending like IR used to mean, but it does mean it's Heineke time. Yeah. Washington. Woo. Unless they bring in Cam Newton or somebody oh. else. We shall see how that goes. The hip subluxation is a Ugh. nightmare to think about. Hey, they said, though, Fitz, you're old. You'll fucking break your hip, dude. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he's had an incredible run. We hope he's back out there. We absolutely love that guy. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. Users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. 
community we have been able to build as a team here is nothing short of incredible. I think we've gotten shit to trend like five out of the last six days. Today being hashtag PMS overreaction Monday. Let's head to the Twitterverse and see what some people were overreacting about to their teams yesterday and things that were popping off. What up to number three overall trend in the United States? We appreciate you all so much. And there were some incredible answers. And although I assume we didn't get to see them all, we did try to highlight a couple that we found. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Let's go to Michael Anderson at Mikey Anderson TV. And hey, Mikey, when he gets on TV, this guy's fucking good. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Lightning rod. Okay, I'll say it. I think Aaron Rodgers is purposely tanking the season as a revenge play to get Goody oh. fired. Hashtag PMS overreaction Monday. Mikey was not the only one to tweet this, no, by the way. A lot, a lot of people tweeted There was a lot of, hey, is he sandbagging out there? There was actually a meme created of uh, Adam Sandler when he was quarterback for... The, the longest machine. yard, yeah. longest yard for the mean machine, and then Aaron Rodgers sitting there saying, uh, "You know, he threw the game for some money. Aaron's throwing games to get Goody and Mark Murphy out of there." Huh. I don't think that's the case at all. I just think it was an absolute shit fest. But I like the Mike Anderson TVs out there saying, "All right, I'll be the hero that everybody wants." Yeah, I was going through these and I was trying to like really think in my head, like, is this an overreaction or do people <laughs> really like legitimately feel Al- this? Country? Alarmingly loud, uh, a loud crowd saying this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of a them. lot of people <laughs> saying that. Uh, we'll ask Aaron tomorrow about uh, everybody's thoughts on the internet about that. Uh, let's continue to head around the internet. Let's go to Xavier Hubble at Hubble Xavier. So that would be upsetting if your name was Xavier Hubble, but only Hubble Xavier was uh, available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet you he was banking on there being no other Xavier Hubble, and then yeah. there was an Xavier Hubble, and he's like, fuck it, put the last name first, comma. Then first yep, name okay. out there. Shout out to Hubble Xavier. Hashtag PMS overreaction uh, Monday. Big Ben must have logged on to his Brazzers account during halftime because the Bills couldn't touch us. Can't touch us. I want two Brazzers at the halftime and I grab my pocket. No. Uh, that was crazy. That second half looked like a much different football team. We talked in the first team. half. Ben looked kind of rattled. He didn't look comfortable. Four new starters on the O-line. It looks like he kind of settled in the second half. Much better performance. Took a load off. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Damn it, Tino. <laughs> Told you. Uh, there was a couple grammatical errors in that tweet, but obviously you got to do what you got to do. The words got out there. It made sense. Uh, at Ryan Urbe, hashtag PMS overreaction Monday. Dolphins win in the East this year. Hashtag fins up. Uh-huh. At Bubba Gumpino, Gumpy, our resident Dolphins fan. This is a Dolphins show. You guys win in the East area. Buffalo Bills look like they don't know what they're doing. Lost the second half against Pittsburgh Steelers. Doing them Patriots. Lost the ends. Jets. <laughs> Going to be a long road. With that roster, my friend, <laughs> and it seems we'll be talking like this till the end. Zach Wilson will make some plays, but all we'll say is it's going to be a long road. Maybe the Dolphins do win the fucking East, huh? Is that the case, Gumpy? Is that how you're feeling right now? Yeah, we're at the top right now. Three-point dogs at home against the Bills coming up next Sunday. Let's go. The Jets are going to have a long road, by the way. They also just lost uh, Mackay back in their left tackle for four to six weeks. Uh, That was a... Devastating as he was getting carted out, what he was saying was, why? And we were wondering the same thing I think Zach Wilson was as well. I think that team, by the way, culture is all much better than maybe it has been in a long time. Mm -hmm. But I think when Aaron, which... We'll have to ask him about if he meant it or not. But when Aaron said, like, when I was talking to Zach, like, hey, that roster is going to take a little bit of time after they had just practiced together, was that Aaron uh, 
observing this and reporting this or just understanding like uh, there's a reason they had you know top five picks so many times yeah. I, I think that's probably the case and I like what they're doing over there they had a kicker punt a ball 68 yards I love that Amendola oh. absolutely slaughtered a ball after a knee injury I guess a Braden man and Brent Boyer is one of the greatest special teams coordinators in the league he had a fire department in New York hat on yesterday and Bob Sala love his energy but mm-hmm. I just think that's going to be a long one over there and uh, if Buffalo and New England are going to play this way I mean maybe it is Dolphins yeah. time okay. hey maybe we're going down 305 another cocaine cow Cowboys documentaries come out. Maybe Miami's yeah. thriving more than any. Everybody's everybody's moving to Miami. Yep. People are partying in Miami again yeah. as if it was like, you know, back in the day when Miami was the destination mm-hmm. spot. The Dolphins are winning. Hey, let's go 305. Huh? Let's go, Miami. Are you clapping, Connor? You agree? I'm doing a nice little slow clap because we'll see him in the end. It's going to come down to that week 18 for the pass. I don't know. The Dolphins might be at the top still, but I know that at the end of the season, it's probably going to be, hey, we got to win this and then we're in. But if not. Big shout out to Ryan Urbay. Hashtag PMS overreaction. Monday's here. Trended in, I think, four minutes. We appreciate you all so much. At Jesse Fredrickson, at Fred underscore 33. He used to run a ball for a football right. team uh-huh. he played for. Hit number three three, and hey, when that three three was hitting the hole, or when three three was scraping over top of the linebacker Ooh, position, scary. hey, Jesse Fredrickson did not fuck around on football field. Uh-uh. Jesse Fredrickson says, "Pat, I don't want to overreact, but the teams out of the NFC best <coughs> are all going to be a problem for Tampa Bay. Murderers Row won four and zero yesterday, and none of them were even." Challenge hashtag PMS overreaction Monday Seahawks blew out the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Now there's points left on the board, but I think Russell Wilson, if he needed to, he could have won again mm-hmm. if he had mm-hmm. to. Obviously, everything that happened with the Cardinals and the Titans has led us to believe, holy hell, what the Rams did to the Bears and then the Niners. Yeah, they ended up only winning by eight, but they were up twenty some. That team set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That team yeah. set. That the NFC West has has been cooking for a couple years now, right? The talent has been built. It feels like all the organizations and franchises have done like, hey, we're going to go all in here. And they're all iron sharpening iron, right? It's just like the Houston Texans when Peyton Manning was Indianapolis Colts. They were building their team strictly to beat the Indianapolis Colts. Mm -hmm. And everybody's team got better, but nobody really knew about it because it was like the Colts division. AFC East, same type of shit, but it was the Patriots division. Even though teams would win against other divisions, everything like that, this is the Patriots division. It's going to happen right now in the AFC West with the Chargers. Or I'm sorry, with the Chiefs, but the Chargers an incredible football team. It's happening right now there. This NFC West, everybody has had to up their game. Because if you're an owner, if you're a GM out there, it's like, hey, everybody else is getting better but us. Are we just going to get shit on for the next 10 years? It almost forces everybody's hand. I love the Murderer's Row. I love the NFC best. And this is going to make the 4 o'clock slate awesome oh, yeah. all year. And I'm very thankful for all of them. I don't love what Seattle did to the Colts yesterday, but I do like for the rest of the year that that is going to be a hell of a watch, I think, for everybody. Is there any thought that those teams just might end up killing each other and that by the end of the season they're going to be so worn out that when they do end up making it to the playoffs, inevitably three or four of them, that they might be a little banged up? So you go to 17 games, you add an extra non-division game. Yeah. Okay, so there is a chance, right, that their records. I think there's some sort of... Mm-hmm thing that three of them can make it yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Now, you'd have to have the leader, obviously, right. but it would be it'd be very difficult. But somebody's going to have to lose unless they just tie. What if they all just tie? Every oh, division game. Every division smart. game. Oh, they man. Should, they all just tie. Hey, listen, we put a lot of money in all this. Cronky's yeah. like, I just built a $9 billion stadium. <laughs> yeah. SoFi Stadium looked beautiful, by the way. Oh, it's yeah. So nice. Sean McVay afterwards, by the way, with the ball goes, built this with his money, right? Almost like they're saying, <laughs> yeah. like, Chargers, hey, you kind of like co-signing in this thing. Cronky ended up doing that. But 
I mean, that NFC West is awesome. Let's continue to hit the internet streets with hashtag PMS Overreaction Monday. At Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Mo, at Sneakerhead Dad. This guy does have children. He has procreated. Congrats on fornicating and successfully completing his seed pass to an egg uh, receiver uh, and also still not giving up the love of sneakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, hey, listen, we have a baby. We can find money for other shit. I'm still getting my shoes. I'm Sneakerhead Dad, Sergeant Mo. Love Sergeant Mo. I uh, aspire to be like Sergeant Mo someday. Hashtag PMS Overreaction Money. Uh, Monday, Nick Sirianni, coach of the year candidate. Love to hear his acceptance speech live. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the dog shit out of the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Pitts had four receptions or something like that. He's probably going to be a good football player. Mm -hmm. Okay, we said that. Matt Ryan looked lost out there. Jalen Hurts was fucking balling. Nick Sirianni, he might play rock, paper, scissors with the guys. He might shoot hoops with the guys. He might show them clips of, instead of Joey fucking Chestnut, Mm -hmm. showing them clips of... Takairu Kobayashi. Kobayashi. There might be a lot of interesting things that come out of Sirianni's mouth. Yeah, them boys ready to go week one. Jalen Hurts looked like a baller. The Falcons looked terrible. Coach, Sirianni, did you know this is what the team was going to look like? And at this moment, are you feeling a little bit like a stooge or you feel pretty good about everything that's going on? You in particular, Coach No, Not at all, because what I did is I slow played my hand leading up to this game. Mm -hmm. I talked to a team last night. I said, this is all about logistics. And what I mean by that is, I am a big UPS guy. What can Brown do for you? I don't know if many of you know this. The Atlanta Falcons head coach's dad founded FedEx. What? I fucking hate FedEx. <laughs> this is about logi- I told Jalen, this is logistics. We're trying to get the football from point A to point B, point B being the end zone. We're going to do it efficiently. We're going to do it effectively. And we're going to win this football game. So all the, all the stuff leading up to this. I knew what we had in store. I knew what the Falcons were going to, you know. Football is, an, is a logistics game. It's all about logistics. And I've always been a UPS guy. So I had a little chip on my shoulder competitively. <laughs> I said, you know what? This guy comes from the nutsack of someone who created FedEx, and I fucking hate FedEx. What can Brown do for you? What's he going to do next week, I wonder? Is he going to be able to inspire the team next mm. week? I wonder, without this deep of a hatred mm. for somebody, something related to the head coach of the other team, will he be able to repeat it? I hope so. He was incredible to watch that Philadelphia Eagles team. It's a new era over there. It's the Sirianni area. It's a beautiful thing. What's up, uh, Diggs? Care, care if I ask Coach a uh, Please. Coach, why do you use a uh, carpenter's pencil in your hat versus just a normal pencil or a pen? Well, because you need the thicker lead. You're going to go through adversity in the game. You're going to break the lead a couple a couple times. It's very possible. You know, early, the Falcons looked good. They, they came out. They went right down the field. They shoved it right down our throats. But then after that, you know, you snap that lead off, and you get that extra piece of thick lead. And guess what? You turn the page. Coach, you're a, big, you're a big plastic fork break while you're using it. thing. Oh. Huh? Yeah, and you know sometimes you're going to get stuff fly on you, and you're going to look like a doofus, and you're going to have to you know, deal with that. But... I'll tell you what, that thick lead, that's what our football team's all about. Resiliency, <laughs> toughness, and always responding when you need to compete. Anytime I see this thick lead, I just think, oh, the blueprints are being. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're, they're, drawing out, they're drawing out very loose on the blue line thing. That's unbelievable. I do love Sirianni. Oh, I think I love him mostly because this is my exact thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. But if this guy is going to win a bunch of games, let's go. MC is going to. 
put them boys in a fight. But Sirianni's going to have some actual meaningful press conferences that everybody's going to see and hear, and I can't wait for it. He is a deep-thinking dude. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think that... I hope that is what this show has done. I mean, you probably burned a bridge with this guy, but Maybe. he is a deep-thinking guy, I think. And if this team can respond to it, who knows where they can go? Maybe all the way to the top, huh? Maybe Philadelphia Eagles are a problem out there. Oh. Did the Colts miss Sirianni yesterday? I'll tell you what. We did miss a big son of a bitch that they were calling Godzilla in Japan. Mm. And that's Anthony fucking Costanzo. Yeah. 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 That was evident. Probably could have went after Orlando Brown uh, Jr. If you if you really look back to the offseason. I guess he didn't have his greatest game, but imagine putting his ass right next to Quentin Nelson, right next to Ryan Kelly. Yeah. I assume that they would maybe... I don't know. Quentin st- Nelson also... I still got the utmost faith in Quentin Nelson. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think he had a good game. I'm assuming he had a good game. He's Quentin Nelson. If not, he just had foot surgery a week and a half yeah. ago. Yeah. However. Right. Give this guy another week or so. But, yeah, there's a couple. there's been a couple free agents that are maybe available. We mm-hmm. could have brought in there. But we don't do that. We build from within. We're going to win. Hey, everybody's turning on the Colts. Uh-huh. Not me. Not you. Not you. Well, Orlando Brown was going up against Miles Garrett and Clowney. And you, you tweeted a couple times. They were just, bro. hey, see you there. So I got a chance to watch Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. Okay. They literally, hey, I think it was 93-98 or 98-93, bring the heat Boulevard. Okay, is actually what they called it. And it was a street, obviously, that went straight from where they were right to the sternum of said quarterback. (laughs) And they were trying to meet each other at the court. That was literally what they were trying to do. Because if you do that, guess what? That ball is coming out. All right? Mm -hmm. And who knows who they're going to give the sack to, but they were trying to compete with each other there. It was was a beautiful thing. I got to watch the tail end of it. Anytime there was a big third down, or if it was fourth quarter, they're trying to – they're trying to uh, either catch up or something, and it's fourth and ten. Anytime there was an obvious passing situation that the other team needed, it felt like it was a guarantee that Freeney and Mathis, somebody was going to get there. If not, both of them were going to be racing for the sack. If that's what Clowney and Garrett are going to do to each other this year, those are some fucking freaks, dude. Yeah. Those are some freaks. Miles Garrett, well, he's dunking, doing windmill dunks yeah, in the uh-huh. offseason. Clowney was the original, like, oh, that human right there mm-hmm. is much different than all. He can jump faster than you. He can run faster than you. He's much taller than you. He's much stronger than you are. He seems to be smarter than you. And every like everything about it. And then Miles Garrett, aside from when he decided to take uh, old Rudolph's helmet off right. and hit him off the head, uh, hit him in the head with his own helmet and potentially decapitate him yep. with one swing yeah. of the helmet. That situation, if those two are just playing their best football, there's not a lot of anybody, any tackles can do because you can only chip so much. You can only chip so mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. You can only slide a tight end over to that side to get a chip for getting off the line or offset a running back to hit that before he gets out. Because when you got two guys, that's a problem. Steelers got it too, T.J. Watt and Melvin Ingram. Then you got Cam Hayward right up the gut picking people up doing 10 quarterback pressures. A great D-line is impossible to fucking stop, especially with this modern offense right now. There's some teams, I think, we don't like to overreact on every action Monday. No, no. But if your team has a D-line, I think you mm-hmm. should be very excited. Like, okay, the NFL, what it's turning into – 58 passes for some quarterbacks, 50-some for other quarterbacks, 50-some for other quarterbacks. It feels like it's becoming a rather pass-happy league, even more so than it already was before, because the new 
you know, spread and move and run, the space you can use. The offenses and the rules are almost calling for more passes. You'd be a fool not to throw the ball more option. And, and they even have an extension of the run game as another pass in there. If you have a disrupting defensive line, I think it was very apparent yesterday if you do or don't, you got to be feeling very good. That's why the Cardinals over there. Yeah. 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 The Rams also got it too. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Seahawks fucking did so much damage to the Colts. I guess that's just standard over there in the NFC mm-hmm. West. But I think that's one of the first indicators we should be looking at on who's going to make a run, who's got a freak nasty defense. And on that play where they met each other, Romo in his only good moment of the game pointed out that Mahomes sets up like 13 yards deep on third down and they just basically met at that point. Yeah, and by the way, he sets up at that point because he is a video game. He literally runs backwards full speed. Who else? Zach Wilson had one yesterday. Mm -hmm. He was sprinting backwards full speed and I saw his combine throw that he made off and it was just a screen pass but he was running backwards full speed sidearm around a guy and it was just like on a rope it's like oh that's that arm talent that people talk about like hey this dude's arm is live like this is a live arm that whole Patrick Mahomes I'm gonna run 30 yards backwards to throw the ball 70 yards forward to pick up a 35 yard I mean it's just it's fucking unbelievable I don't know how you stop it because if he can get away for long enough Tyreek Hill is Fastest dude in the league. Yeah. Okay, Scotty Miller says i got something to say about that. But, I mean, I think at this point it is very well known that Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest humans mm-hmm. to ever walk this earth, I think. you got Travis Kelsey, who also probably has a backer on him at any time. If he can delay for long enough, that's why they know. Yep. And I wonder if they even say, like, on a side, like, okay, here we go. Hey, let's play that style where uh, it's just who gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. All right. Backyard football. You got it. And then Pat's stiff arm. Patrick Mahomes is stiff-arming people in the chest while holding the ball and throwing it. And I'm like, why doesn't every other quarterback do this? <laughs> why doesn't every other quarterback do this? And it's like, oh, because Patrick Mahomes is an alien. Yeah. That, because Patrick Mahomes is an absolute alien. It seems like it's a rigged game almost when he's out there, especially with the weapons he has in the Andy Reid drop. They look like they're fucking unbelievable. But if you've got a great defensive line, we can see that they can feast. It can become a problem for anybody, including Patrick Mullins. Yeah, and like that Browns team, it's like the old Colts team. So they get up early and then they force the other team to have to throw the ball, you know, for the next mm-hmm. three quarters. They Garrett and uh, Clowney can go and eat like they did yesterday. That was exactly what um, – that's basically what Bill Polian was doing. Yeah. Bill Polian built the offense – he was like, all right, we're going to build this thing for a lead, and then what do we need on defense? Okay, so we need two great pass rushers. We need a safety that can tackle in the box and, and fly around because there's going to be a lot of balls coming out there. And then, you know, we won a lot of games there. But if anybody gets hurt, uh, there's not a lot of depth because you're very top-heavy or whatever. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day-to-day. Honestly, legitimately, incredibly thankful for it. Uh, if you hate listened all the way till now, and you didn't enjoy the show, please don't tell anybody about it. Just, you know, fucking drift off and act like nothing happened. If you enjoyed this show, please be a friend and tell a friend, though. Let's go ahead and go boots on the ground. Let's go guerrilla marketing. Let's get this thing back out there. So incredibly thankful for all of you. You're the best humans on earth. And we're back tomorrow with Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, which should be electrifying. Be a friend, tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Monday night as the Ravens and the Raiders. Battle on Monday Night Football. We'll see you in Cheers.